Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the XNC Podcast, your Xbox newscast featuring Cold Eastwood, hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, XNC Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with the XNC Podcast live. Hi, this is Cold Eastwood. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was thinking before the show, because news has been quiet, but we got some great stuff today. I was like, what if I just started the show like, I'm sad. <laughs> I'm really actually super excited. I've got a couple of my best friends here. Ah, this is the best part about the Ecstasy podcast. I've tried to build this little show, but I've been able to get on some of my best friends. And oh, I'm so happy to have... The boys from Go Live, from the Game on Daily site, the uh, famous, the wonderful, the sexy, the spicy, and the saucy. How are you guys doing? Asa, welcome to the show yet again. Yeah, I can't believe you have me back. It's awesome. I'm staying up past my bedtime, talking to Colt and Gaz and everyone in chat. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. Gaz, I, I got the, the intro, the, the leader of the sauce... You and Ace are doing amazing things with your channel and with your skits and with your technolysis and everything, but you just had a spicy bowl of noodles to fire you up. Tell the audience, how are you doing? <laughs> Diarrhea. Uh, that's what I... Look, look at that. Look at that. So I thought it was a clever idea. 20 minutes before the show to have two X Samyang noodles. Bad idea. I was literally texting Colt. <laughs> This is going to be a little bit late. So that's thanks to me, Gaziah. Yeah, less details, fun. the better. But I'm here. I'm awake. Fun, fun fact, the bowl and the toilet will look identical in about two hours. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, there'll be a little bit more red in the toilet. But yeah, because of that. Look at that. Look at that. It's just, oh, paint just the dead. walls with your blood. <laughs> I am so, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. It's been such a crazy month, guys. It's um the gaming news has been super weird. Like little tiny, you know, disappointing or bad news things for Xbox and for PlayStation, then some little bit of good news for both sides. But it has definitely been a time for people to get on social media and just go to war. Like, have you been seeing this, Asa? Have you been sniffing around on this uh, console? Oh, you, 
you absolutely know that I'm oblivious to any console warring. So if that's going on, I'm just like, don't see that. Pretend it's not there. Everything's rosy. All the consoles are doing well. I'm happy playing games. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. We've been playing games like crazy. Uh, Shout out to the over 260-some people who are here. Starting in as we get rolling with the XNC podcast. This is episode number 44. Um, Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to some of my veteran channel members here in a second. Uh, You guys have been fantastic. Let me uh, call out some of these, and I I need to update these again in a week because you guys have been sticking around and supporting the show and making it possible let me give a shout out to Ricky Fallon, Zenner White, Poochie Wolf, Assassin, DeBlue, DeVario 2, Gaming, Fault Lines, Wreak Havoc, Rodney Coots, D- Gaz, Dark CMF, Betamax, Dante Moody, Alex Wilson, Lord Star Killer, Robert Jackson, Gamer McFly, Assassin Loop, Banana Polymyth, Suicide King, Yodani Kizada, Phil, KY Bob, William Lanza, and Matt Burns. And like I've been saying lately, I've been talking to these people on Xbox Live. We've been playing games and uh, tips and tricks and the Elden Ring thing. I mean, that's what I've been doing a little bit. Asa, what have you been playing? Oh, I've been playing a couple of racing games, some some good, some not so good. Um, a little a little dabble in Tunic. I've been playing Elden Ring. I actually, I downloaded, when I went to download Tunic, I had a look through Game Pass, and I downloaded about 15 different games. And that was just scrolling from A through to G, and I thought, I'd best stop now, like, calm it down. I've been playing a little bit of Nobody Saves the World, which is oh, that's decent so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um oh that's that's cool uh i'm sure we'll talk about some of the uh the racing stuff you've messed around with gaz you've been super busy i talked to gaz uh a little more often i talked to asa and gaz has been (laughs) i tell gaz quit your job so we can hang out more but what have you been playing apex legends that's a shock (laughs) to anyone (laughs) i i've been desperate i played a bit elden ring that game sucks the life out of it i got my ogata to work thanks but no thanks acer for your help which didn't come because he's too busy for me um and that's it (laughs) that's (laughs) an outrageous thing to say i was busy helping cult with other things he's more important yeah and you know you didn't even have i was gonna say uh, today I've got my earbud back in. I'm like a month I couldn't get. I got a brand new PC over here, and I could not get the signal to go to the earbuds. Ace has spent like an hour and a half, like we like diving into the computer trying to figure it out, and we finally got it situated. So I'm now more comfortable. I don't look like I'm doing air traffic control with a giant headset on. Uh, it's super, ha- you know. Gas gas looks like he's DJing some dank, uh, you know, <laughs> ecstasy <laughs> rave somewhere, right? Um, <laughs> So another thing before we get rolling, um, I have to tone back on the gas yelling because people it's driving people crazy. So I like that. (laughs) But um, let me give you guys an idea of what we're going to talk about today. The news has been quite fierce. We're going to kind of kick it off by talking about GTA 5. Some weird turns there, but there's a couple of new games coming this year and a couple of studios uh, actually a handful of studios that got some wacky stories back and forth good and bad and we're going to talk about uh xbox's games that they have coming up a couple of delays oh, it's been so crazy um but yeah i'm excited i gotta add that one delay on the list here so we don't forget about it uh there we go let me just uh, type it up real quick good we are ready to rock chat i hope you're having a good time and if you are you can support the podcast by hitting the like button uh, we get enough likes up there, then 
We can all have a great time. It, this podcast is live on YouTube on the Cold Eastwood channel. And if you're listening after the fact via Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or uh, Pocket Podcasts, some other ones that's on demand, that'll go up after the show is. So thank you for checking out the show. We've already got some of my good friends in the chat. Zocker just, just stepped in. Zocker took a breath from playing Elden Ring to say sup, everyone. So Zocker and I have been talking nothing but Elden Ring. Uh, I've been putting him in a chokehold, and he's been kicking me uh, on the shins and stuff. So it's been a good time. So also shout out to the moderators. we got uh, Happy Bomb, who's moderating the chat, and I'll kind of keep an eye on that as well. Let me move some stuff out of the way. Hargit Johnny's going to kick us off with a super chat. Thank you, Hargit, with a $5 i got to say something before I read Hargeet's Super Chat. This is so cool. Those of you who are in the podcast scene, you know Hargeet Chani. Back here, he sent me the... What if this guy is the coolest friend, right? He sent me the 4K Blu-rays of Harry Potter, all eight movies, and Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, all on 4K Blu-ray. So I can actually use that slot in the Series X and see what this TV and surround system can do. So shout out to Hargeet Chani. He's got something to say. Uh, he says, Asa Game on Daily is happily playing games and not console warring, except on that Nintendo Switch, which is trash. And he says, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Gaz, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, bro. You good? You still burning? Oh, don't talk about it. <laughs> let's talk, let's <laughs> let's talk, talk about, about it. Let's talk about the latest burn. And I really need... Uh, some of Ace's expertise in this as well, but Rockstar burned their fans by charging them ten to forty dollars for a resolution and frame rate upgrade of a, a nine-year-old game. So, Gaz, have you finished Grand Theft Auto Five, and on what platforms, and where did you buy it, and why are you fraud? Three hundred and sixty, almost completed it. Never actually went out. To, the campaign was great, by the way, but I never actually completed it because the multiplayer started working and boom, there I was distracted. Spent countless hours on multiplayer, but then waited for the heist to come. They took the best part of two years and I forgot about GTA 5. This game has such long legs, but I've seen the coverage for it, the differences, the differences between <laughs> this. Mo I can't believe they're charging you this much for what looks like a menial upgrade. Like, come on, man. Uh, but yeah, generally, uh, I'm, I'm done with GTA 5 until GTA 6 comes out, man. Uh, I don't know who pays mm -hmm. for this stuff. Why does this keep appearing in the charts? How can it, after best part of almost a decade, but people are buying it? But I know, I know people. I know people who play it religiously, who will buy this upgrade, who have bought it, and they love it. So am I? Who am I to knock their fun for it and their bad spending? I can't talk about bad spending, but yeah. That's yeah, it is a little. Uh, some people have been guilty. We'll get into that. Asa, what do you think about this upgrade? Uh, have you seen like the? Have you played this like across or checked it out across the platforms as it's kind of evolved? I have never played Grand Theft Auto Five. What? I bought it. I know. I know. What? I bought it now three times. I bought it twice on the PC. First time I did it, something went wrong with the Rockstar launcher, and it ate my email address and wouldn't let me play it. Wouldn't send me my recovery emails, and I gave up. And then a year or two later, I bought it on the PC, on Steam, and it said, 
you've already used like your email address. You can't use it again. It still it still oh fires up the Rockstar launcher. And I got fed up and just didn't play it. Um, so I have now bought it again for ten dollars on the PlayStation Five, so that I can run through the story possibly one day if I get round to it. So, like you, you said, that it's going to be forty dollars um, in the near future when the price goes yes. back up after three months. Yeah. So I thought, right, rather than let this opportunity slip away, I'll get it for ten dollars. <laughs> it's so weird. And I like play it. <laughs> I probably never play it. It is such a great, it is such a great campaign. Shout out to you, Johnny Cusato, who's also helping mod Johnny. the chat. He's awesome. Um, I hadn't quite looked at the, at all of the uh, chat at the time when I said that, but shout out to the mods who make it happen. Um, you guys are great, and and they're doing a good job. And the chat's awesome. Uh, so I got to tell you a quick story. Uh, dealer got a code from somebody that's like he's working with through YouTube stuff. So he got the game for free, and he was playing it. And I'm like, but I want to play with you. So I bought it for $20, knowing I wasn't because I already bought it on 360, but on Xbox One, I own it on uh, PC, and I've played the campaign twice, and I've played a bunch of the campaign on PC, on, on the Xbox consoles, and I installed the game, accidentally installed the Xbox One version, and the best part about that happy mistake is that the game looks nearly identical to this new version, other than some massive aliasing like michael's walking through his house and the the countertops are like stair stepping really bad Uh, but other than that the game (laughs) you just get like everything kind of smooths out the frame rate's nicer but every other publisher is doing this for free besides playstation but uh i don't know why why do we do this so asa have you dug into like (laughs) we keep perpetuating (laughs) Hey, yeah. so what's the no. uh what did they do with this thing to upgrade it? Uh they said they changed some lighting and the explosions and things like that. It's it's funny that you say um every publisher is doing this for free. It's actually it's very much an Xbox led initiative that and not not initiative like the studio I'm sure we'll talk about later, but it's an yeah. Xbox led thing to do these free upgrades and it's never been normal on consoles up until this generation. Not even not for Microsoft, not for PlayStation, not for anybody else. Um Sure, sure. So, in a way, I don't massively begrudge publishers for charging that $10. I know that's an unpopular opinion. I don't massively begrudge them going in and doing an upgrade and selling an upgrade rather than reselling the game at full price. They are putting some work in. They are charging a bit. And they aren't actually... It's not massively cynical. It's the way that the industry has worked for as far back as I can remember, it's only Xbox are pushing a positive change that suits us as consumers. So obviously if I have a choice, if someone says, do you want to pay or do you want this for free? I'm going to take it for free. But I'm not that mad at the publishers that right. charge that $10. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess we do have to think about how many people at Rockstar um, worked on the patch and worked on unlocking the console version and boosting the frame rate and resolution. And I'm working on optimization, which... They had a tough time with, according to Digital Foundry, because the game drops. Care. Who cares? Who cares? They made more than enough money from shark cards alone. Stop feeling sorry for <laughs> Rockstar and their crap, lazy upgrade. Oh, no, maybe they won't talk. And Ace is like, oh, let the publishers charge. So shut the f*** <laughs> They don't need to. Oh! Uh, oh my gosh yeah uh well i'm trying to ride the line of uh both sides because you get well let's be honest like the playstation guys are like you don't want to support the developers cult you don't want to pay them for their work like but i can think of like 
way more than not. I can think of way more developers like Metro and all and um, all. Jeez, there was a ton of games just this year that got Series X and Series S and PS5 upgrades for free. But um, hmm, we got to side with Gaz on this when they're. Grand Theft Auto Five has been at the top of the sales charts for almost every month for nine years. I don't know. Crazy, crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. Um, well, I mean, nobody wants to talk about Grand Theft Auto Five for very long, but the happy side of the story is Dealer and I have laughed our heads off playing this game um, back when this game came out nine years ago. I had totally different friends, so to experience this with some of my current friends is. Um, been a, a real treat but i i'm not a big harry potter fan but this harry potter thing at stay to play asa like did you <laughs> i gotta hear your reaction on this because <laughs> movie ip licensed <laughs> games can be really really crappy almost every time let's hear your That's report true. i'm i'm really looking forward to your opinion on harry potter when you've sat through all eight of them um Gaz is a fan <laughs> of it i'm not i don't like that world so it's I'm a little bit torn because that state of play, that the, the game looked good. Like, there's a lot to it. It's got very mm-hmm. wooden-looking animations and particularly, like, facial yeah. animations and stuff. Looks a little bit jarring, but it's an impressive state of play. If the game turns out, if these systems that they're touching on have any depth to them at all, it's going to be a massive game at the end of the year. It's obviously mm-hmm. going to sell because Harry Potter has a lot of fans. I hate the world. Like I, I hate the world. I just I don't care for the Harry Potter I world. Hate right? Happiness. <laughs> hate happiness. I was not you, expecting this from Asa. You'd be a Slytherin. I was you not expecting know what this. that means. Go but... yeah. oh, I've seen them all, guys. I know exactly what that means. It means stuff. Um, I don't know. Exactly You've what watched that means. the movies. You've watched through the series. I'd be one of the other two houses that nobody can remember the names of, apart from the real nerds. Do you remember their names, guys? Ravenclaw. Ah, loser. Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) These guys will be playing the game before I am. Just you watch. Just you watch. I got to say, I've never watched the movies. I've never read the books. And I I posted on Twitter about Hargeet get me the movies. Of course, I've watched the Lord of the Rings Hobbit movies like several times over. uh, But only in DVD quality. So I'm super excited. But um. How do I say this? I don't say how old I am. I'm super old. I'm like 90 years old. But when Harry Potter Not came out, I was me. much of a, an adult. Like, I'll just, I mean, I was college age. So basically, it wasn't something so? interest me. And I know when they first came out, like uh, 12 to 15 year olds, like really loved it. And I'm like, and it, when you're like a little bit older than that, you're like, nah, that's a kid's thing. Um, because it was new, I guess. So I have mm-hmm. a lot to learn. I watched the the uh i don't know what we call it, the state of play like extended thing and i'm kind of with asa it looks really good but you could tell it's a ps4 xbox one cross gen yeah. right? i thought it looked really yeah, good sure. i thought like, this it does looks, look really good but hey cross gen there are tons of games last gen that still look incredible like mm-hmm. i just think people we don't know what next gen looks like we still don't know what next gen looks like I mean, look oh, at Grand Theft Auto 7. If you play the Matrix demo of uh, Unreal Engine 5, it's gobsmacking. Well, I think we'll talk about another game that's going to be on Unreal Engine 5 announced Ooh, yeah. today. Yeah, I think it looks really good. I, I also thought this this Harry Potter game is going to, you know, kind of, 
push people's expectations of what fable is going to be i think we have a little bit to talk about with fable oh, that's as well. interesting interesting i, I mean it, asa do you did you watch like that whole presentation it was like 15 minutes when they showed the combat and how you kind of square off did you watch that part uh, yeah um not with any audio so i don't know what they were saying about it if they had any voiceover <laughs> but i watched it i saw the um Ace was like <laughs> yeah I, I can't entirely figure out how the combat works i've seen a lot of people saying that the combat looks really good and i'm not mm-hmm. seeing that perspective because from my like it looks like there's an awful lot of spells i don't know how you access the, the amount of spells and there's an awful lot of standing mm. still so the combat like well yeah you've got a role in there but there's a lot of standing on the spot casting mm. a massive variety of spells and i don't know how that translates to a controller yet so that's well it undecided. could be a lot like face <laughs> fable where it's where it's set to the face buttons like a certain mm. spell could be on the square x button and or mm. or whatever i don't know but it reminded me a lot of fable 3's combat and fable 2 where uh, the camera kind of sits up a little bit when you're in combat and you're you're fighting you know on all directions so yeah it's really interesting to see what fable is going to do but um yeah. How is this game, as, Gaz, how is this going to compare to Starfield? Because they're going to launch Starfield. probably in the same month. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Starfield killer. Starfield killer. Everyone's coining that term now. And how, that's what this game is supposed to be. Crazy. And maybe in terms of sales, it might be. Because ultimately, as a... Well, obviously, it's an established IP. It has legions of fans, a lot of casuals, and that's the market you want to really market to. Um, and I know loads of Harry Potter fans, and um, maybe not you two, but even like my age, I know so many people who go to Harry Potter World, um, and they're talking about it. And they're not necessarily massive gamers as well. So they're like, oh, have you seen the new Harry Potter game, Gaz? I'm like, oh, well done. <laughs> you've finally seen a video game but at the same time it's like (laughs) it's like yeah there's a lot mass appeal there and the gameplay footage was amazing someone in the chat said i wish they showed the ui i hope what we saw was the ui minimal stripped only no shit on so sorry no shalazans on screen sorry (laughs) sorry for spencer um but uh, it did look like they completely removed the ui for almost that whole thing which looks really nice yeah, they always do that and the games come out it's like blah, 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 unless you're yeah. Elden ring right yeah yeah, yeah. do you, do you why... know harry how you hurt the bad wizard your parents loved you very much and there's love in your hands and it hurts bad wizard sorry for the spoilers cult but harry potter is n- not the one wow what do you mean <laughs> what do you... that's almost a direct quote from the film lived, that sounded really good stairs he lived under the stairs his mom sacrificed his, her life you are such a heartless that you are, you're literally Voldemort. <laughs> oh my Voldemort. gosh. I mean, I had to grow, I grew up in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s with all of my, yeah, let's say in the early 2000s when my friends and I started having kids and their kids loved Harry Potter. Like, this is what I've grown up with. So, um, I guess I'm sort of fortunate because if I end up really loving it, I'm going to have a great. I'm pretty sure I have a pretty really great experience, and thanks to Hargy, I'm going to have it the best way possible. Atmos, you know, OLED TV, nice couch. I'll pretend Gaz and Ace are sitting next to me, and I'll hit punch Ace every time he makes fun of the movie. It'll be great. Uh, let me get Someone, some super chat. We'll fly over. Brigadier Blue goes Harry Potter <laughs> living in Fonz's studio. 
<laughs> Such a... <laughs> the under the stairs closet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Fonz is so awesome, man. You you two were uh, doing his show yesterday, and it was so great, man. Fonz is amazing. Let me get some super chats in this first one. Uh, I think that Kaz can drop the f bomb, but Koi Cadaver, thank you so much for the twenty dollars super chat. He says, "Happy birthday, boy." Happy oh birthday, my god, boy. $20, man. Save your money. It's not my birthday. <laughs> Read it, boy. <laughs> uh, Hargy Chotty, thank you so much for the $10. He keeps it moving along. He says, I don't think Take-Two is hurting. They dumped like a $13 billion to buy Zynga. That's plenty of microtransaction money to give them revenue. No need to charge for upgrades. He says we should continue shaming them. And then he's got the smiling emoji. So we don't think that he's uh, <laughs> going to send them some nasty Fawns emails. Oh, is Fonz here? Where's yeah. Fonz? There is someone, someone call. Yeah. He, he put, uh, he put Gaz photoshopped him onto Harry Potter's body, which no, is amazing. Malfoy. Malfoy's face. Come on. Man. Oh, I don't know who the characters are. What, what do they look like? Asa? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think uh, it's going to be one of those rare instances where the movie license game uh, gets people excited. You know? Yeah. Uh, it should be. It, it should really be good. Shock people. Like, it, I mean, 15 minutes. So, <laughs> I was saying this in Fonz's show, like, I was on holiday and I was keeping up on Twitter and the way the Twitter like feed was, I know Acer doesn't like the console war. I swim right in it. So my feed is full of absolute complete bleach drinking morons. But um, so I was just like, oh, wow, they PlayStation bought exclusivity for hogwarts legacy what oh, is right. gonna kill starfield what is going on i go on holiday for one week and i'm reading all this nonsense but it's not it's a multi-platform game they showed it on stay of play but that's when i knew like okay hold on everyone's getting really hyped for it and mm-hmm. i saw the 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 trailer and then you think it stops and then it shows some more stuff i'm like oh wow and then they show the combat and i'm like oh and then they show the world and then they show the alchemy and then they show you can go on a broom outside of hogwarts and then bro there's more content there than halo infinite will have in five years yeah i was talking to hargy (laughs) quite a bit about it because dealer and i watched the trailer together and we both don't know the dealer's like i bought the dvds just in case somebody wants to watch him because that's how he is he's hilarious but hargy (laughs) and i were talking hargy it's like you have to understand like all of the things they showed like the the legion of doom and the cloak of virginity and the and the the basement <laughs> of <laughs> I'm just joking. No, Hargit was explaining like some of the places where you build spells and the different places that are in the books and movies that have persisted for many iterations. Like all of that has been paid homage uh, homage to, and uh, yeah. it's kind of hard to explain because I don't know it. But he was naming these locations. Like fans of this are like, wow, they really did it. Like they nailed it. Um, <laughs> I was able to put on the ring of forgetfulness, and now it's a uh, now it's a um, forgetfulness. I, I'm what such a I'm to? such a dork because I'm not I'm not saying these jokes to say like I'm too cool for nerd. Like I'm a massive Star Wars fan uh, of most of the Star Wars yeah. movies, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Like ever since I was little, big time. But like I don't know a lot about Star Trek, and I don't know a lot about Harry Potter, and those yeah. things are changing. So it's just pick your nerd in them, right? But yeah, shout exactly. out to Hargy. We're all nerds there. Let's be honest. None of us can sure. say we're not nerds. Especially Asa with his VR headset. He's the one. I would love to be a, you know, a kid again because 
when I was in high school, when I was in like junior high, you got your head slammed into a locker for liking Nintendo, for liking video games. And now I think you, you walk know. around, you can wear a Nintendo shirt. People are like, hey, that guy's cool. <laughs> that guy's boss, yeah, it's bro. True. It's true. Yeah, so. I see people with N64 shirts. I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see here. We got the flame with $5 Super Chats. This, the, the quote, support the devs argument is null. AAA devs get paid naturally. The settings, tweaks, and upgrades only line ex- executives' pockets. Stop the madness. Um, yeah. He does have a good point because the developers, you know, if you got Sony Santa Monica, they got paid up front to build the game, and that payment was the, while they did the work. And then I think they get some bonuses depending on sales, depending on what the deal are, deals publishers. Yeah. But um, I guess it really depends on how much work they have to do to get it up to snuff. Kirby Louise, who has been in the chats uh, when I've been in RDX and he's on, he's on Twitter quite a bit. He's really knowledgeable about game development. He's kind of getting into the, uh, I think he's going to school to get into the business. He says some games and, and Asa might have something to say this. Some games you can literally unlock the frame rate in a console version by changing a zero to a one or vice versa. Do you know anything about this Asa depending on the engine? Yeah. You wouldn't want, a publisher to release something with that little effort there, there are games <laughs> where you can it, it, i'm sure he's referring to, to just like v-sync basically and if a game is artificially locked to a particular frame rate and you've got much better hardware than you console yeah in some cases it'll be pretty easy to get it running you'd still want that qa'd you'd still want to throw some money at it sure you wouldn't want to like push that out but there is there's a massive conflict because obviously we know that microsoft are willing to do that work in a lot of cases mm-hmm. we've seen Many examples where Microsoft will very willingly FPS boost a game and up-res a game and make the textures all nicely filtered. And they'll do that on behalf of a developer if, if that publisher lets them. And we Rockstar just had one. never let them. So. Yeah. yeah, we just we just had a, a situation which I didn't think would happen, Asa. Uh, today, Dying Light won the 2014, I think 2014 release. Zombie Game got in a full series x and s and ps5 patch but six months ago i think xbox gave it fps boost and when i talked to jason rono like they've reached out to the developers to say hey can we fps boost your game and sometimes they'll say asa no no don't we're gonna do we want to do something with it and that could mean we want to do it for the fans or we want to build it and charge so don't fps boost it but dying light one is fps boosted for six months and now it's got a full patch from the developer, yeah. which is interesting. I, I have to just a little thing um, to, to clear my name a little. I just <laughs> when I was saying about these ten dollar upgrade fees being okay, <laughs> I have to say that's not what Rockstar are doing with Grand Theft Auto Five. So that's not actually an example in point. I know that's the game we were talking about, but that's a forty dollar game. They're charging for the whole game again. They're not actually doing a ten dollar upgrade. What What are they trying to accomplish, Asa, with Make the uh, with the ten dollar? Uh, introductory price or twenty dollars if you're on Xbox. What is the mentality? They're trying to accomplish, that? yeah, as much money as they can to, to capitalize on the hype and, and yeah. But <laughs> what did you say, guys? I mean, drug dealers do that. Hey, guys, drug dealers are upgrading games all the time. Drug dealers are like in the corner. You want sixty <laughs> FPS? Huh? You want sixty <laughs> FPS? 
Here's the dealer there. It's, it's the not, not but dealer it's a fair question. Like, he's not drunk. If either. they're setting that price and they're obviously getting the majority of their sales while it's cheap, I mean, they're probably looking for people like me who are like, I don't think I'm going to play that, but I want to get it yeah. while it's $10 before it goes up. But you, you do and have I to did slightly that. wonder. Yeah, and I guess that answers the question as to why they're doing it. But you have to wonder how long they'll keep it at $40 for because you can't imagine many people are going to go back and buy that full price when it happens mm-hmm. a couple of months down I mean, I made the mistake of buying the trilogy for the Grand Theft Auto trilogy like five months ago or whatever. And I feel really embarrassed. And I caught some nice flack from the chat when I admitted that uh, this summer, which, hey, I deserve it. And then I was like, no way I'm buying GTA 5. But I couldn't help that my friend was like playing it and we imported it. I, could, I was like, I can import my character in and we could just play it. We've had fun. I got my $20 worth out of it, but Dang you, Rockstar. Let me get a couple supers before we move to the next uh, topic. We got uh, RWK88 with the $2 super chat. says, y'all all right, I guess. Like the show. Hey, he, RWK, like the show. So if you're enjoying it and you think you're having a good time and we're entertaining you and you're going to learn something, I guarantee you that you can li- hit the like button. Uh, we got over 200 smash likes it. on the show right now. Smash it. Smash I never it. Just smash the like button. Um, yeah, just smash the <laughs> smash the like button like uh, the, the Elden Ring hands that smashed me with the nine fingers. <laughs> what is that impression? You have, you, what, that voice? Yeah. I love it! So, <laughs> <laughs> just love Elden Ring. I'm so glad that there's so many enemies. I love it. Like, I feel love, like I need to cover from the smoke from here. <laughs> <laughs> that's an impression of someone i can't say because uh i'll get a phone call uh it's somebody in my family i love my family they're great there i just related to crap gamer oh my god yes! <laughs> okay <laughs> hey uh you guys are amazing uh capono 5150 what a great number he's got after his name he's with a five dollar he says when you buy a game that money goes to the publisher not the developers the devs already got paid I am going to 95% agree with that. Guys, you have any uh do you have any uh argument against what Capono said there? When you buy a game, where's the money go? Well, definitely to the publisher, but the publisher are the ones that are paying those developers and paying them for their next projects. So, it's not massively clear-cut in that sense. It's not that you're not I mean, you are supporting the developers by buying their games because if their game flops, you'll get Square Enix saying this didn't meet our expectations again oh. just cutting people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Square Enix has thrown some of their really good games under the bus lately. Man, and then look at Guardians of the Galaxy on Game Pass. I see you, Fonz. I'm not talking about who you think I'm talking about. I see you, dude. I'll, we'll talk about it later. It's pretty funny. I'll tell you why. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, it's like, here we go. <laughs> uh, Biff Rindali says, all day for the $2 Super Chat. So the next, uh, we got to talk about... Uh, Bethesda has been trending for like the past two weeks, partially because of Starfield, but the reviews came out today for Tango Gameworks, Ghostwire Tokyo. This is the same team that made the Evil Within games. Mm. Asa, are you interested in that? That's basically what the game looks like to me. <laughs> that, that was like an expert display of Kung Fu. I'm not sure. Are we going back to see? Well, he's here? doing, yeah, he's doing the, uh, no and projectile. <laughs> I know you're magical. It's I like can see the magic. Yeah, I actually, I actually, I'm really interested in that one. So, because I like that studio, I liked the Evil Within games, particularly the first one more so than the second. And Ghostwire Tokyo looks really interesting to me. It's coming out 
games are relentless at the moment. Like you'd think this mm-hmm. is a quiet time of year and it's fairly quiet for news, but there is so much that I want to play. And that's on the list along with um, this triangle strategy for the actual, an actual Nintendo Switch game that I want to play. These two are really high on my, like, I reckon I'll really enjoy these games. How am I going to get time to play them? I know. But I am very uh, interested in Ghostwire Tokyo, yeah. <laughs> there's been the whole no games thing, like, uh, for a while. Um, like, even with the... The Xbox guy said the PlayStation guys had nothing for eight months, but like when it rains, it pours. And, and PlayStation just put out three exclusive games in the past month. Uh, I'm actually, I was interested in Ghostwire Togu because it's hard to explain, but there's some characters in games like, I know you laugh at me, but like Battleborn and Overwatch have characters that shoot out of their hands like this. And that first person animation is so satisfying to watch. For me, I, I don't know what it is. I know what you mean, but so you, you were know the, what I the mean, person guys. that played Battleborn, which is yeah, we just needed so, to get the times so right. Weird. For the I hated the game, game. <laughs> then Overwatch. I hated the game Battleborn, and then when it was dying, my friends and I got into it, and I really loved the animation and artwork, art style. Let me pause that. I got to give a shout out to Delia HD who showed up in the chat, who just said supporting the show with a ten dollars super chat. She is so awesome. Got to meet her three years ago at E3. We hung out. At, at a bar after the show and she's so cool um i gotta get her on the show she's so awesome so shout out to her uh gaz i gotta ask you about ghostwire tokyo because it's the reviews are i don't know tell us talk to us about the reviews well i really look uh, i guess i am still looking forward to the show um and I like the finger blasting in the game, uh, or the concept behind it. Tango, like, I see some console fanboys go, oh, look, this is the Bethesda quality, not just completely forgetting the other game that was, uh, that's been exclusive on PlayStation. That's, uh, Deathloop, uh, for Bethesda quality. I mean, this game looks good. Um, but there are so many games. I'll be honest with you. This is the mindset I had. Um, would I pay full price for this knowing that the reviews are like this? I want to play it and I don't always just, like you say, uh, Colt, you don't just use Metacritic to decide whether or not you want to buy a game. You look at your favorite reviewer, you look at some online footage or gameplay, um, and then some nudes. <laughs> there you go. You got three. <laughs> he actually didn't even. <laughs> so he's like, clipped. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was just watching your fingers. I was just like, okay. Um, I get to say it? anything. Uh, yeah, like a no. friend, right? Would be number three. Yeah, friend. So let's see what your friends say uh, if they have similar tastes. Uh, unlike Zorko, who has crap tastes in games. Uh, but um... That's how you know which games to avoid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He loved, he loved Second Extinction. Uh, like Fonz, anyway, uh, like if Fonz likes it, I'm guaranteed the game is to amazing. Like it. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. like anything. I'm just kidding, Fonz. Uh, <laughs> no, but the 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 immediate thought for me was, look, it's I've got so many good games to play, Eldering, all that. This is a Microsoft first party studio game now. Should I? play this if i run out of my backlog never happening or should i wait for it on game pass because eventually it will come come there uh so i'm that's a genuine conversation i'm having with myself um Mm -hmm. but i mean in terms of reviews there are mixed uh there was also this debate about what constitutes uh your review someone said is 4e means it's broken is it broken and i don't agree with that view at all uh i don't know where that comes from but um yeah generally i haven't played it 
I will play it, but I think that that kind of score, and generally my views align with the reviewers, so I think Game Pass will probably be the best way for me to experience this without spending my money, you know. But you never know, man. If I get rid of Elden Ring and Harry Potter or Starfield and Redfall and all these games, unlikely, then I will buy this game. But yeah, it looks good. Don't be people don't i'm not that kind of person to tell people what to do man i hate i hate those people so to know do what you want or don't do okay i'm gonna put a pull up uh let me i'll multitask here it's almost ready to send uh and i'll kind of uh preface it i guess i i have to admit that when i i use metacritic as one of my resources for games but i have a mental i was talking to underachiever today on the phone about this i have a mental number I'm going to hit this right now, that if a game lands at a certain number on Metacritic, it dissuades me from a day one purchase at full price. Okay, so, yeah, I know what you mean. Same. And so I feel like when I see something, it's kind of different with Ghostwire Tokyo because we know if you're playing on Xbox, you're like, well, if I don't need to play it right now, I can wait a year and I'll, be, I'll get it on uh, where I want it or I'll get it in Game Pass. But when I see a 75 or 72, sometimes I'm like, I'm not quite sure if I want to buy it right away. Uh, maybe I'll wait. And like ACG gave this one, wait for a deep, deep sale. So I'm curious. I'm asking the chat and uh, you guys can, mm. can vote as well. Is there a number on Metacritic where you kind of emotionally in your mind think if it's under this number, I'm pr pretty sure I won't buy it day one. Uh, there are exceptions. Like when Dead Island 2 comes out, it could be a 61 and I'm still going to buy it day one because... I love that dorky, idiotic game uh, if it ever comes out, but I'm curious to see. Uh, Asa, what's your what's your vote? I don't I, know if you care about I this. I mean, like, no disrespect to Metacritic as a resource, but I don't even check it. Honestly. Nice. We're okay. so different, you and I. <laughs> We're so different. That's why we need you. Because I'm a toxic That's piece what makes of... you guys so good together on so your show. Good. He's the brain. I have... I'm the source. I have an awareness of like where the reviews are sitting. We run a, we run a news aggregate site, so of course I do. Like we see reviews coming through, and I have an awareness of where they are. But I never go to Metacritic to get that hard number. And that's the first thing I do because I'm just the <laughs> basic. Because you need to load the load the <laughs> <laughs> LMG. Yeah. Gaz, no, what's what's generally... your what's your threshold number where you're like, nope, not buying it. Uh, I mean, not, like not you said, there it has to be exceptions. There will be exceptions to the game. I don't care what reviews say, but I I do share your view. I would say anything under eighty. Then you know, day one games. Like someone in chat says, they don't really always buy games day one. But I will. I think eighty. Anything under eighty, and I'm like, all right, well, I can wait for that game. But that's subject to reading the reviews because often, you know, I've seen 90 plus Metal Gear Solid 5 overrated as hell, in my opinion. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, so like, it depends. It depends. But there is a mental block. It's un just under 80 for me. Z Black Rider, be nice. <laughs> Call us names. He said you never heard of Metacritic until us. Uh, eh, I don't know. Nice. Uh, hey, chat, did you... <laughs> Did you like get ready to buy Elden Ring because you couldn't resist that plus ninety Metacritic? I, I know that's the way people were talking about it. I couldn't help it, and everyone was talking. The scores were astronomical, and it's like you just find your credit card going swipe. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, it's just like, um, what's Desmond saying? Um, yeah, the Metacritic score of Elden Ring, I can tell you loads of people got caught up in the hype loads of people no they the same people who one haven't played soulsborne games and mm. two always say don't listen to metacritic i know people i could put them to shame right now went and bought elden ring because it's sitting net at a 97 metacritic that's why they bought it um and not saying everyone but people do metacritic does have uh my friend Julian, like the guy who voiced Luigi, I mean, he knows about Metacritic. I said to him, you know Elden Ring? He doesn't even know what it is. I said, it's a 97 on Metacritic. And he's like, oh, damn, that's crazy. crazy. I'm to have to that's, check it out. That's a massive outlier, though, isn't it? And that's not to say that those people are, like, guided by Metacritic in all things. If you've got an exceptional no. case like Elden Ring, news travels more than, like, Ghostwire Tokyo, where I'm not going to look at Metacritic. I'm yeah, aware of what Elden Ring got. I've got no idea what Ghostwise Tokyo got until we started talking like, about it here. AC, do you think yeah. most people just, they're aware of a score because they saw this outlet gave it a 9 out of 10. Like, maybe that's the majority of people are like, well, I know that IGN site gave it a 9 out of 10, so it must be pretty good. Like, I just don't Some know if people definitely so have aware. their favorite size. It's, it's, it mm. actually don't really know who has what power in that space because obviously word of mouth and social media has changed that entirely from the days of paper magazines um definitely <laughs> right and definitely. I, i've always had kind of a for the last at least decade or so i've always felt that single player games you don't need to buy at full price really there's that fear of missing out and people talk about it a lot but a single player game doesn't get worse over time if anything it gets better as they fix things yep. whereas a multiplayer yeah, but game everyone is a bit wants different to, because you have everyone to wants to run the at the game. same time right like everyone wants to play the game when everyone else is playing it and if you're not first you're oh. last even though it's thinking like you said you can experience it anytime hey if you guys are having a good time this is the xc podcast i'm here with the game on daily guys from go live podcast and their game on daily website and youtube channel uh thank you so much for checking out the show hit the like button let's get up to 500 likes if you guys are having a good time we're going to talk about some of these new studios and some problems within studios and where games and why they're being delayed in just a moment. I've got a couple super chats for Havoc with a $5 says, have y'all talked about Microsoft taking PlayStation only game away already? That being Twitter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that took a minute. That take a minute. Um, yes, that is actually on our topic list. He's um, that's kind of alluding to the game BBR. We're going to get in that in a minute and risk it for the biscuit. I talked to risk it last night. Uh, it was like midnight here and it was like in the morning for him or afternoon in Australia the next day in the future. He's amazing. We were playing Elden Ring. He says, People's Rise of Sun and Rome was 60 on Metacritic WTF. I liked Rise of Sun and Rome. I don't love it, but I liked it. But was 60 too harsh, you guys? <laughs> Rise, um, maybe we'll talk about Forza later as well. Um, Rise came out at the launch of the Xbox One, so everything mm -hmm. in that time was scored harshly what is that guys it's like an ice lolly exactly what you need um what which end are you sticking it what? Oh, <laughs> what? Ice, lolly. Oh. ice lolly what do you mean that... you don't want ice lolly oh my is that what uk people call but... a popsicle popsicle yeah oh my god Gosh, I want to move to the UK. Let's have an ice lolly. It's great. Just love it. Love those ice lollies. <laughs> that was you guys. He's doing you there. 
Stop doing this. <laughs> oh, uh, the spicy doodles right where the show goes. My looks like I'm wearing lipstick. That's gas. No, that's not what gas. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, rice is pretty good. Man, rice is so close to being so much better. But uh, right, so I actually played rice like within the last year or so, and it's really good up until the point that Marius goes back to Rome. So if you if you remember that game at all, if you play it again, it's really like distinct. Like it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. You're going back to Rome. What's happened? It's just it just falls off. Oh yeah, but, I think I know what you're talking about. I actually played it when the One X came out. So I played it the fall of 2017, and it never got enhanced. But yeah, it's such a great game. Great game. Ice. It deserved a reasonable score for being so massively technically impressive in that time. But well, I mean, for me, there was like three enemy faces that they modeled. You know, there was the chubby guy with the beard, and I, I can't remember. Like, there's like three enemy types that you just continually fought over and over uh, on the battlefield. But I, what a great game! I went to, could do so much true almost every game. To be fair, I went to well, a press you know, event. Like, <laughs> Shut up! Uh, I yes. went to a, oh, I just all this lies, lies. I went to a press event where Crytek were, um, <laughs> and there was a Crytek um, like. Uh, representative there gamescom um and i was playing the game finally um we kind of blagged as press and I, my mate goes i didn't realize the guy was standing behind me he goes my mate goes how's the game i goes oh, shit. <laughs> the guy just looked at me no. and just like and he just did like a funny sad face like oh I felt so bad i felt so i still feel bad to this day um you should correct yourself i mean it is the and he gave me a free Rise t-shirt as well, which one of my ex-girlfriends you... took. Bastards. Uh, I'm sorry. Of course. There are some games that are in the 60s that I really like Crackdown 3. I think it should have been a 70, not a 60, but who cares? Look at Asa. He's in the spiritual bliss of not even worrying about Metacritic. Uh, uh, I'm worried about people going on about ice lollies now. Don't care about Metacritic, <laughs> but I feel attacked on you that. Yes, there are ice lollies. <laughs> ice lollies is Gaz's online screen name. So, yeah, hey, Lord Starkiller has been a member of the channel for 17 months with the uh, new Cortana icon. Says, having a great time with Elden Ring, level 63, and just beat my first dragon. Definitely game of the year. And as Zocker would say, you've only just scratched the surface, peasant. <laughs> but uh yeah so you've got a long way about to go. that game man he puts me off elden ring so much if his girlfriend heard him talk about elden ring he'd definitely be cheating on her over that video game he loves yes! that game so much <laughs> Sorry, she walks in the room he's like i love you baby she's like me playing the game <laughs> yeah he freaking loves it uh yeah, yeah. zocker's hilarious uh rwk thank you for the two dollars super chat he says cole aka ricky bobby from now on you know, I'll do that. The Mountain Dew, I'll be Ricky Bobby. But uh, we got <laughs> Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, it'll come to Game Pass. I think it's uh, maybe you should wait. Well, that's all right. It, it, but is it a testament to what Bethesda can do? It's a real question. But people are getting stoked about this new announcement. CD Projekt Red reeling from their cyberpunk two-year fiasco of crazy delays and a bad launch and a late patch. They are promising to bring Witcher back in Unreal Engine 5 instead of the Red Engine. Asa, what do you know about this? Have you dove into uh, their engine and what the possibility could be for this? 
I, you know, for me, it's really obvious why they'd be doing such a thing. You only need to look at Cyberpunk. And I'm not talking about the end result, what the game looks like and what the engine is capable of. That game had many years development hell, many delays mm-hmm. and came out problematic. So no matter, like, regardless of what the Red Engine was capable of and Cyberpunk can push boundaries, it's going to be a benchmark game for, for years to come um, because it's it's quite phenomenal in many senses. But if development didn't go well, then it makes sense to look for an established engine with smooth workflows and translate their kind of work environment over to it. So I'm not surprised at all that they're doing it. I saw um, Alex from Digital Foundry was disappointed about the convergence of tech mm-hmm. and would rather they stuck with what they had. And I'm, like, I appreciate Why? that angle. He said that Cyberpunk is one of the best looking open worlds he's ever seen. And I thought... Alex Battaglia said that. I love Alex Battaglia, but... I just he didn't. Just I love Cyberpunk as well. I just don't think Cyberpunk's Night City is one of the best looking worlds we played in. But I well, like it world, a lot. Uh, yeah, maybe he's right. He knows more. Well, Gaz, what happens with um, CD Projekt Red working in a totally different engine than what they've been working on for a while? Um, is that going to be like a news. huge stumbling block? I think it's great news. I think it's great news because they failed to do their failure with Cyberpunk is it's a big one. And Unreal Engine 5, just the proficiency of that engine based on what we played, it could hopefully theoretically aces the man to ask about this, but streamline that process should tool shared amongst a multitude of different studios. They can never loads of knowledge pool to tap into instead of trying to do it themselves uh, cyberpunk is a you know startling example of that i kind of get what alex Batalia is talking about there um that, that let them try it but you know what this also signifies cd project regged are are in cdpr in critical form they they announced this for a reason they need this witcher game see cyberpunk in my opinion is a flop it's failed uh, and it's mm-hmm. failed to such a tremendous degree that there's so much pressure on CD Projekt Red now that their next game is make or break. That's why they've gone back to The Witcher and they're using Unreal Engine 5. And I think the game, Unreal Engine 5 looks amazing. This is from a layman. This is not Acer level tech sorcery. Um, but generally, like for a layman like me, I'm very excited about the prospect of Witcher, the next Witcher game. I haven't even completed Witcher 3. So big. But so big. that, look, yeah, I will definitely, go, you know, as soon as I saw that on Unreal Engine 5, I'm just going to complete Witcher 3. Just going to take some time off work and just blitz through that because just the prospect of this game on Android Engine 5 it's going to be amazing I always thought first the person. engines were a little bit clunky first person don't don't say that <laughs> no. hey, so what can you tell us about uh, this team working in Unreal Engine 5 what's your like I, speculation yeah. or what do you think they're up against for me like the whole advantage for it is that they may actually be able to finish this game and release it in working order. It's not that it, <laughs> I really don't think that the end product necessarily looks better than they could have done on mm-hmm. the red engine and cyberpunk. If you look at it at its best, which nobody can, you can't run that game at its best right now. I don't care what hardware you've got. And I've tried it on a 3090. You cannot run it at its best right now. The engine is capable of beautiful things and it is. And the Witcher could have been beautiful on it. But it was development hell, and they have to fix that. They can't have another game where they struggle. And we don't know what the problems were, but conceptually, Cyberpunk should have been easy for that studio. 
Like the pit yeah, and it just was... doesn't seem like the same engine or the same team when I play those two games. Like Witcher's amazing. Even just the uh, Xbox One X patched version on the Series X looks incredible. And they're supposed to patch it soon for the Series X, but it already looks amazing at like, I think it runs at 1440p to 4K 60 on the Series X. So um, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, people are super excited. Just, just I think that's where they touch shine. Because I just want to quickly say, because Four Havoc in chat there is saying that he believes it's the suits that ruin Cyberpunk. To a degree, yes, the suits definitely mishandled it. The marketing sure. was terrible. The way that it released was terrible. But like I was like I was just saying, the pitch for Cyberpunk should have been so easy. Those suits at one point in time said, make a game like The Witcher 3 in a Cyberpunk setting. And it sells itself when it's obvious. And they should have been able to yeah. get that team and make that project and deliver it on time. And then the suits wouldn't have had that conundrum. They wouldn't have had the opportunity to make the missteps that they did because the game would have been good and everything would have been a completely different story. Mm-hmm. And that's why they need Unreal Engine 5 because development cannot go that way again. <laughs> yeah, well said. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Unreal Engine 5 in the next year or two. Uh, Xboxes, most of their games are being built in Unreal Engine 5. But uh, the next big one, um, is not in Unreal Engine 5. It is in an overhauled Creation Engine 2. This is Bethesda's Starfield, which means take Fallout 4 and think about the evolutionary jump from Skyrim to Fallout 4, and then from Fallout 4, that evolutionary jump to Starfield. We still have yet to see gameplay, but just last week, they sat down again in a little roundtable and talked about how big... And the factions and the immersion. Gaz, have you dived? Have you dovid? Dovided? Divved. I slowly. Have you divved into the uh, <laughs> into the Starfield? Like idiosyncrasies of what they're talking about because they've yet yes, to show I, gameplay. I have divved into uh, that round table. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, it was... this is why we call him a div. He does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a muppet. Um, yeah, no, I have. Wabba, wabba. Starfield. Starfield is. Oh shit! Oh. Yo. Oh, ooh, sorry. Um, what? Your post, his poster <laughs> fell live on air <laughs> in the back. You just missed it. Um, oh, oh, I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, no. Sorry, sorry, family and kids. Um, it's a ba- we have three-year-olds watching. No. <laughs> Um, it's late. Well, they're not watching it. Phil Spencer, forgive me. Uh, so yeah, Starfield. Starfield looks amazing. Uh, Starfield, not the game, the concept behind it, because I haven't seen the game. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are complaining about this. I talked to this uh, on Fonzarelli's show, and both of us are really excited because when what they exude is confidence. What they say sounds amazing, and it's it doesn't sound like. It's far-fetched. You know, you get marketing spiel, but it sure, does sound, yeah. literally sound like four guys actually having a conversation about... I'm sure there's some planning and curating what they were saying. Oh, absolutely. But think about what they're saying. Like, photo photogrammetry? How, what's the word, Asa? Photo, mm-hmm, that yeah. was the word, yeah. That's the word. Oh, I can't, can't repeat that word. again. I don't know but what you're saying. Photogrammetry. But... In NPCs. <laughs> I can learn. I can learn, mama. Um, but um, that kind of detail, the NPCs kind of talking to you about things you've done in the world, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you wiped out that colony, you, you're a horrible person, or things like that. It sounds like a living, breathing world. Then you've got all these factions. Then they talk about, um, I'm still a bit 
confused about that. I don't know what this means. Both of you gents could actually tell me that. I'm th- three shows in and I still don't understand. Um, but they were <laughs> three saying... Three shows in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, they, talk, they said they want to bring back these kind of stats or different systems from older RPGs that oh, have right. been... What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Like, uh, what, I know Mesa might be able to help me more, but they referenced the old Oblivion. Like, Oblivion was really, really deep and detailed, um, and there was multiple trees of different things you could do, and quests were really multi-tiered and multi-branched. So I think they're kind of alluding to that, but I haven't played Oblivion. That was like outside of my. That was in my sabbatical. I don't know if you know about this, Asa. Have you played Oblivion I, or dabbled? I have experience of Oblivion, and my main memory of it and its systems is that it melted two of my Xbox 360s. So, <laughs> oh, wow. If they're alluding to bringing back the Red Ring of Death, please don't do it, Bethesda. Rather <laughs> <laughs> not. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know specifically which systems they're referring to. Uh, they're planning I to bring back. Uh, it, you're right, guys. Like when they're talking, they're not saying anything that sounds like far-fetched they're pitching you a dream like they're talking about what they've actually put into the game i feel like if you're paying attention to starfield it's going to be more like skyrim than fallout so it's really about rpg building and some of the things fallout 4 is huge i loved it i played it through twice but it's sort of limiting in its scope and and the way it works but like this a massive RPG that you'd normally see in a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy realm is going to be translated to like a they call NASA punk, you know, SpaceX, NASA Elon punk, Musk. Yeah. yeah, where it's grounded in what they think is going to be the future in a hundred years. Um, but also that's what a, a dash of like because like when you play Skyrim, yeah. it, you can you can feel the things that are grounded in reality along with the huge dragons and the magical spells, right? And then no. it kind of makes you feel like you could really be in this world. And I think with Starfield, people are really getting stoked. <sighs> the big problem is there's been no gameplay. Asa, why have they not shown gameplay? Not even a tease. I don't mind that at all. Um, I, there's an issue in the industry in general with announcing games too early. Perfect Dark being prime example. Um, Bethesda don't yep. do that. They're actually quite good at handling pre-release information. And they've given us enough to be interested in. I don't mind waiting for gameplay. Um, obviously, I want to see the game. I want to play it. But November is still quite a long way away. And if they want to build marketing hype by showing me the game nearer the time, I'm happy for that. Do you know, Oblivion, the one thing that I remember about it before it melted two of my Xbox 360s, I never finished it because it literally killed two of my Xbox 360s <laughs> and I didn't want the third one to die. So I, I parked that wow. game. But what I remember about it specifically is it was very, very short and wide so you came out of this first dungeon and if you chose to you could walk to the end boss within like five minutes you'd get slaughtered (laughs) but the final portal it was all there and everything Mm -hmm. else you did at your own pace it was entirely optional it was a very wide game um so yeah lots of stats lots of things like that um i like I'm, I'm like a masochist, so I like the option to, to randomly kill everyone like you can in the Outer Worlds. Yes. Um, Oblivion had a lot of that in there, a lot of freedom. So if Starfield yeah. is pushing those angles, good. Yeah, yeah and Outer Worlds kill everyone. Space pirates. <laughs> they talked about that. They said you can play no as a space pirate. No one's going to talk about what I did on my adventures because they'll all be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you share that. Then. Yeah, tell, tell um, the audience, Gaz, about the... Uh, 
the double agent space pirate stuff like that's pretty cool yeah so sounds like the scope of this game is so because they talked about multiple decisions and having meaningful impacts in the game and then they gave an example of for instance playing the multiple factions and you can play as the space pirate but instead of you know don't play the bad guy although i will play the bad guy um if you play the bad guy as a space pirate you could also not necessarily have to be relegated to being the bad guy you could be a snitch why would you want to be that but you can be and play as a double agent and report to whoever the authorities are snitches get stitches but if you do play that you can do that and it sounds like it's but you have to i even if it's todd howard and his bethesda I got burnt by this so badly with cyberpunk that said it so convincingly that this would be some game-changing thing that I kind of, I have to be a little bit wary. Otherwise, it's just like Stockholm Syndrome is sitting. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, but, you know, if anyone pulls it off, it's these guys. And, yeah, that kind of system is amazing. Now take Starfield and turn it into an MMORPG. And I am in love. I will actually quit my job oh gosh you just you just bumped into something i was gonna say you just like crashed your shopping cart into what i was gonna say and knocked down all the juices in the aisle uh gaz you 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 i love it uh i was gonna say somebody in the chat was saying that uh starfield is gonna be a car crash and it's funny because people are so funny how they it's really a shallow take right to say I looked at Fallout 76 and the way people complained about it for the first year. And now I think that Bethesda Softworks can never succeed again. And if we had that same attitude, Nintendo would have been in the garbage during the Wii U era, right? So Mm -hmm. we've seen so many times where a studio or a platform makes a mistake and turns around and hits a home run or kicks it through the uprights for you uh, Australian people of... uh, of uh, Aussie rules football, which I've been learning about. Thanks to Astray gaming. Shout out to him. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's people can be so shallow about this. When I ask my friends about fallout 76, a game I don't like and, and Todd Howard's all, but apologized for. um, Yeah. They say fallout 76 is amazing right now. I still don't care, but Starfield is a single player game where you play, you build your character you are immersed in the world. You're not in party chat. You're not running around with other randoms coming in like Bloody Finger Lisa and Elden Ring and ruining your game. Chapman to me. But um, this is a big deal. And if you look at Fallout 76 or here's another thing people do, Asa. They say, it's going to be another cyberpunk or it's going to be another. It's like these, these are different developers. Like, like Gaz and I said about 10 minutes ago. Starfield is a big deal. This is something they've worked on for six years and the extra year owing just like every other game to the global pandemic, every game, every, I would say almost every game guys has seen a one year delay either behind the scenes or on a full out release date because of work home, work from home initiatives. So six years in this game is coming out. It's going to be a big deal. People are going to get lost build their character there's melee there's there's firearm builds there's you'll you get to build up your ship you're going to go to different factions different breathing worlds like you do in a star wars movie where they land on a planet and it looks like it's established like this is going to be a thing it's not no man's sky right it's not no man's sky where you fly to a random planet procedures generated like uh, dinosaurs going like it's not the same thing 
<laughs> you make me want to play yeah. No Man's Sky. I've played <laughs> No Man's Sky. I've, I've got like I've got like 10, 15 hours into it. Not even the same type of game. Like I always hear people say, it's another No Man's Sky. It's another Fallout 76. Please do yourself a favor. Do your homework. Dive into what they've said. Dive into what Bethesda Softworks have provided. I'm doing you a favor because come November 22nd, I think it is, it's going to be amazing. I'm really excited. So, Gaz, say I'll love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm looking wild. Like I'm going crazy, right? I have to start pulling my, my hair out this way. But um, I've talked Boy. about this a lot. I've got a few videos about Starfield. It's just interesting the way people react in the comment sections. The, you can tell when people aren't, I'll just dive in the sauce. People aren't enjoying the hobby if their first reaction is to gripe and gatekeep people away from enjoying something that they're really excited about. Um, but this actually has a lot of promise. Starfield's so, going to be a car crash, though. Like, of course it is. It's going to be... It's a Bethesda game. It's going to be a beautiful car crash where everyone lands on their feet and gets given snacks and finds love. But... <laughs> Like they're known as Bugfester for a reason. Like, of course, yeah. things are going to go wrong. It's, you know, it's a big game with interlocking systems. <laughs> I agree with that. And I think back, and I think back of uh, my playthroughs of Bethesda software games when I played Skyrim. I, I remember glitches or bugs, but I didn't have anything that ruined the experience. Every once in a while, you'd message your friends say, I did this in Skyrim, and my character flipped across you know, the village and it was hilarious. And then I respawned and from my last quick save and, and I just went on my way, but um, I don't know. I think some people forget lots of games have issues. I hope they've really, it seems like they've taken this extra year because it seems like they wanted to put this game out last year, but they just gave themselves a date they liked, which was in, was around when Skyrim was around that time of the year. And Hopefully, it's way more polished. Gaz, do you think they'll be able to deliver a more smooth experience? Uh, no. <laughs> they have that pedigree for a reason. If they're going for shooting for the stars, then um, naturally, you with the scope comes the uh, possibility of more bugs. They Like Asa says, lots of interlocking systems in their games. If they're going for for the blue sky then really i do expect there to be bugs because they really push the envelope that how bad they are i don't know maybe they're better comparatively to their older games so we won't have something worthy of the bug there's a label this time around but you know ultimately i don't want it to be buggy but i'm driven and excited by their passion for this game and really moving things forward i think me and you Asa, remember Asa in our show we talked about games changing things taking more risks i think this is the one cult that mm -hmm. this is what starfield represents like a lot like elden ring um in many ways but they're pushing the envelope here so hopefully not <clears throat> not too many bugs but i'm just excited for what the game is trying to achieve We'll be trying yeah, to it, I mean, like you both said, it's this is a very wide game. Like, there's a lot of things that can happen. I've always thought of, um, I would say, I said this, but it's not because Bethesda belongs to Xbox. I think I've said this for like a decade that um, I've always known that there were problems with Bethesda games, but they seem to do a lot more than most games. And uh, who was this in the chat? Uh, I I just gave him props for what he said, and I scroll up. Smooth of seven two seven said it's. 
not really hard, he says, for a game to not have issues. Like, look at Elden Ring. It was dang near flawless when it came out. And, um, like, there are games that come out really well, but there are things that you can do so many different things in a Bethesda game. So there's a lot of things to go wrong, which is also why open world games have the weirdest bugs um, because there's so yeah. many mechanics and things going on that could go wrong. Hey, if you're having a good time on the show, we got well over 700, about 750 people watching the Excellency podcast. If you're having a good time, you can minimize the chat for just a second, hit the like button. It shows major support and it tells YouTube that this show is worth having guys like Gaz and Asa on who are amazing, but you guys are great. The chat's adding so much to the discourse and i really appreciate that you guys do an amazing job if you want to check out the show after the fact if you dipped in and dipped out and you want to listen to the whole thing it's on demand on spotify google and apple podcasts and pocket podcasts and uh it's on like seven platforms i can't name them all but it's very cool put in the earbuds and go mow your frosty lawn if it's still winter time while you're listening to the show but you guys are amazing lord star killer has a question for the panel thanks to you so much for the ten dollars super lord star killer he says question for the panel Will there be Starfield gameplay at or before E3? At E3. Yeah, I see. I, I say at. What do you about you? I say you think they're going to tease Serious something before? Question. There's, there's, there is no E3. <laughs> uh, actually, there is. In a, well, Xbox is still considering their, their June showcase an E3 showcase. They won't call it that, but... E3 so I'm going to say not at E3 quite... then, and I'll be right on a technicality oh. either way. It's not going to be at E3. <laughs> Ace is the guy in in uh, Price is Right that adds the one dollar to his to his uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to his thing. Well, we got a Jedi Knight Peter Australian. Thank you, so Australian ten dollar. He's amazing. I talked to him last night with Riskit. We were just chilling, talking about what could be and what couldn't be. Some stuff we're going to talk about on the show. He says, "Spicy question for you, Colt." You think Elden Ring is too long, especially when considering the negativity around Dying Light 2 when they said there's 500 hours. I think I put 40 hours some in Dying Light 2 and I felt satisfied, but um, too long. Hmm. Not Elden Ring. Not no, Elden I don't Ring. think so. Elden Ring is um, amazing because of the breadth of content. Like the world astounds you. It's not like. Um, dying light where it's literally uh, or any kind of game of that ilk where it's you feel like it's copy and paste checklists and those kind of tasks being regurgitated elden ring is a world feels like it's sculpted uh made for discovery so mm -hmm. no i don't think i don't think it's uh, too long at all and so it's breadth and length is kind of almost admirable it doesn't games. really lead you to the next area either. And I think when he said, when Jedi says, is it too long for me, I do a lot of meandering and waste a lot of time trying to figure yeah. out what to do next, or I'm not ready for an area. So I run around a field, like the guy in Monty Python, where I just run by on a horse and slice somebody's head off. Like I do that over and over because I go to an area. I'm like, no, I'm going to die here. No, I'm going to die there. And you just have to, at one point you just have to let it go and say runes will be lost. Ace, how much time do you have in Elden Ring? You've dabbled. Not enough. Not enough. I've dabbled. And, and in terms of how long it is, I know that it's massive. I've not got that far in it. I'm level 24-ish, I think. Um, I definitely need to play more. But I'm a big believer that there isn't a, a singular correct length for a game or a singular correct price for a game. And Elden Ring being long mm -hmm. isn't a problem. That's the game. And it's great value for it. And it's fun. And it's not 
it's not unnecessarily padded to hit a price point as so many games are. So if you give me a game that feels like it's long because they wanted to justify their $70, then I'd say yeah, that's too long and too expensive if it, if it feels like it. Elden Ring does not feel like that to me so far. Obviously, I'm not that far into it, so maybe I'll go yeah. along and go, this is really dragging. They've put this in there for the sake of it. I fought that same boss three times or whatever else, but I don't get that impression from what I've seen. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if I really approach it that way either, Asa, because I played... I paid $50 for Shadow Warrior 3, and I think it was like a seven-hour campaign and quite difficult in some spots, but I burned through it in two or three days, and I finished it, and I go, I think I was only seven hours, but I definitely feel like I got my $50 worth. I had a great time with it. Uh, Maybe that's how I look at it, but like Elden Ring, Gaz and I game share on Xbox, and he bought that one, and I thought if I paid $60 for it, 20 some hours into it uh with frustration and some of the enjoyment i feel like it was worth that money gaz just needs to play it more i suppose but um <laughs> yeah, yeah it's worth it thanks thanks to yeah you it, playing it. <laughs> it is great and the music is so scary and so nice at times it reminds me of what the magic that skyrim has so that oh, man that music in starfield is gonna be great uh but like we're done... stop talking about elden ring <laughs> yeah yeah i was talking about starfield i love it since we're great but uh I... <laughs> shout out to bonds really game with a five dollar super chat bonds don't you ever send me money i'm gonna send him another five dollars for that one because i love bethesda but i'll never forgive them for horse armor i slightly True. remember this uh this must be a skyrim reference where you had to is it elden or oblivion, oblivion. Oblivion, yeah. Oblivion? That's the other what thing was it wasn't known for. It, it killed two of my Xboxes. It was also basically the forerunner for microtransactions. Oh, okay, okay. The pioneer of that whole concept was Oblivion. Wow, way back uh, At then. least in the console space. At least in the console space, it, it was. was the first one. Um, they sold cosmetic was armor it... for your for your stallion. And it was five pounds, wasn't it? And sports, I yeah. Five quid <laughs> I can't remember for the price. that armor. I, I, I was astute enough at the time to go, hell no. Yeah, yeah everyone said that. <laughs> Sorry, Why are you taking the piss? Well, part How of much this to was put horse armor on gas? Huh? Hmm? What'd you say? Well, I, I said, said, how much to put horse armor on gas? <laughs> you can't afford me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ripping the 10. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. His icon. I, I, I'm a fan of his icon. I drew that thing like four years, three or four years ago. He says, happy birthday, gas. Love the show, Colt. <laughs> As Gaz yells. Yeah. Um, uh, Rick Payne says, uh, what level are you uh, in Elden Ring? Okay. We're trying to get out of this. I, I, can't, I can't say. I, I, had a, I had a good friend of, me, friend of mine kind of help me out, kind of give me a little boost. And um, as funny as it is, I'm, no, I'm in no competition. I'm not going to go on Twitter and flex my muscles about how great I'm doing in Elden Ring. But it has helped me have more fun with the game and so it's i don't know i'm a loser what can i say ky bob with the ten dollar super chest says hey guys been listening of course ky bob's awesome thought i'd say quote starfield will show us whether or not fallout 76 was a fluke caused by a zenimax push which i kind of think it is he says great show everyone out there please be excellent to one another ky bob is such a nice dude we've been hanging out for a couple years now since uh, stay decay, I think he's amazing for having with the two dollars super says horse armor, let it go, bro. <laughs> Fonz will never let anything go. Come on, yeah, I just, I just, I have to say, I've been playing Grand Turismo 7 and I cannot forgive horse armor for the state of that game. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Well, there. Wow. Asa has just um, Asa has just tried to segue us into Grand Turismo Seven talk. Hold that thought because somebody in the chat says Xbox influencers are not talking about Tunic. Tunic like just dropped. Like, oh yeah, like I think they they gave us like two weeks notice. Tunic is ready to go, and then they threw it on Game Pass. I've been playing it. It's like Death Door. It's like Elden Ring, which shall not be named again. Uh, cool little game. What's going on here? Did I hit pause on my screen? Okay, I'm good. Um, have you guys tried Tunic, the little super, the little uh, Legend of Zelda fox character? Have you played this? You frauds. Yeah, I haven't, but I'm downloading I it. I have. It looks good. <laughs> you go first, Colt. Tell me about Tunic. Have you played it? Do you like it? Uh, I was trying to do that face for guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I've a uh, dealer and I were playing it in a party chat. I've got mm, a few hours into it. It's brutally difficult. You you can only dodge out of the way and hit. So it's like hit and roll, hit and roll. Um, it's sort of like you you drop your runes when you die. You drop your coins, but instead of dropping all of your coins you drop like a portion of them, like a quarter of them or something. So like if I had 300 coins on me, I'll drop like less than a hundred. And those coins are used at a shop to make your character uh, less dieable. Is that a word? Dieable? <laughs> Di- Dianess? Less di- less dietality. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can buy like potions and, and bombs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I just freeze. Uh, no, I'm just I'm just messing around. It makes your character more affordable. Like I don't know what the word is th- to think, of, but you can buy potions, and then the it's kind of like the potions in the game that should not be named. It starts with an E and ends with it doesn't ring. So cool little game and getting pretty decent reviews. Yeah, let's talk about the Metacritic on Tunic. It's good. I was saying a high eighties. Dropped out yeah. of nowhere while I was on a holiday. Look, didn't. It looked beautiful. We talked about it very briefly in some of these shows, and the art style was great. But I think a big concern, not concern, but one of the things we kind of look at is like, it looks great, but the art style is a bit too cutesy. Will that be really our Uh jam? Turns out the game is quite challenging, and that's kind of adds to, I think it adds credence to, for us anyway, um, to play that game because it's beautiful it's like an lsd trip like it looks amazing um and i, I haven't had a really really play. nice too have yeah. you, is it oh because i love audio good audio and yeah games. it's got really nice like um really smooth like ethereal music and mm, um it's nice. got some of that charm that death door like death door is like really loaded full of charm and the people you encounter or the characters that you have to fight or work with are kind of creepy and uh Tunic has a lot of that, but um, I think uh, Death's Door is quite a bit higher rated and was kind of a runner-up for Game of the Year. But this is a really great game that's exclusive to Xbox right now, which is very, very and cool. Game Pass, which is crazy. Yeah. It's mad. I'm done. So, so can't wait to play it. Say again, Asa. Say it. I think it's pants. Like, not, <laughs> oh, really? We had this conversation on Go Live at the weekend, and I don't want... like. I come across really negative when I'm talking about it. So I have to say, like, Tunic was made by one person, and I respect the hell out of that one person for what they've managed to put together and do. And I played um, I played Tunic with um, my son beside me, and he was having a bit of a uh-huh. bad day, and he wanted some cheering up, and he just came to see what I was Aww. doing. And 
he wants to develop games when he's older and he was looking at this game and i was talking to him about it being made by one person and he's like quite inspired by it so respect the game massively but it also makes me question the way that this industry reviews things because isn't it for a game um, ky bob said in the chat like half the text is unreadable like a lot of the text that pops up is in a rune is in runes and you can't read it and you grab things in the world and it drops like a um it looks like a segment out of Nintendo Power. For those of you who grew up in the late 80s, early 90s gaming on the, on the NES, like it it unlocks a page. It's like a physical animated page that would look like it came out of a Nintendo Power magazine explaining uh because they used to give you like a little map and show you how to play the game better. And that's kind of how you get the hints of how to play the game. Uh, and it's really interesting. So you have to kind of look at it like I only some stuff is in written in English for English speaking people in the version, but the rest is in runes. And it's, you look at it first, you look at it I'm like, I can't read this, but then you look at the drawings and it's quite charming. Um, one person made that. That's crazy. Amazing. Just yeah. Make, make, make us feel insignificant. One person did all of that. Well, if I was reviewing a game and maybe this is a biased thing to do, but if I was re- reviewing a game and my information was one person made this game, I would automatically give it a couple of points out of a hundred bonus, right? Like, look what this person did, but maybe people don't like that. Like, just look at what some, it depends. somebody It depends do. on how you review games. And this is why Acer and me are perfect for running an aggregation <laughs> platform. Because despite our Jekyll and Hyde nature, we do Humble think- brag. Hum- uh, it's not humble at all. I'm just, this is weighing. Uh, no, but uh, I. Uh, that, that was bad. Um, this is. Little, we will seriously talk about, you know, what, what constitutes, you know, the different views. Um, and I, 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 I sympathize with your view. One man, one man. Um, and they built it. One man or woman built this game and they there's a struggle for adversity there you want to give some points there because relative to big studios they've done a lot of work there's an argument there for me personally i wouldn't think that way ultimately i think the the utility for a reader you mention it you mention it to readers but then there's different views i don't know i'm going on a tangent but it's a really good point that you made there it's it, it, it's there's loads you can talk about on that but yeah i I appreciate what, or is it? I guess that. is it you're okay softy, to kind of? You're a nice I, yeah, guy. I am a soft. Yeah, like, is it okay nice. to kind of to give them a little bit of leeway? Like, you know, this game doesn't. You know, this game game could have had these things, but it's one guy. Well, Sean and he Murray did it, and what it does didn't get any leeway for lying through his teeth for No Man's Sky, but he does get a lot of leeway for doing. The, Tunic uh, didn't overpromise. Like Tunic was like, here's a little bit of gameplay, and then boom, there it is on Game Pass. Mm, but um, yeah. What a great yeah, get. No. Uh, we Xbox have a bunch of other... Too many games. Uh, too many we, games. Have a, we have a bunch of other stuff that we have to talk about that kind of ties into this. It's pretty crazy. I got a couple supers here. Um, I want to talk about contraband. Let me read these here. Um, you know, Donny Quezada says, I want to know if you guys consider yourselves Xbox influencers. And then he's got a laughing, crying emoji. Um, I convinced somebody to buy an Xbox somewhere, I think. I don't know if that means I'm an influencer. Asa, what are you, Asa? Nobody's ever asked me that before. I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Gaz? You think uh, you've influenced people 
in, in a good or bad I'm way. I'm a regarding bad Xbox. influence. That's all I am. Definitely not an Xbox influencer, despite my allegiance. Like I like Xbox. I wanted to do well. I like to pee on PlayStation fanboys. I have to really censor <laughs> myself here. Um, but I, I, I'm not a yes. cheerleader for Xbox. <clears throat> Phil Spencer probably won't like me because I'll be critical of things. Um, we're not like that. We're a news aggregation platform, man. We can't like we can pick sides to be because we have natural like gravitation towards certain platforms, but. If you guys want us to be cheerleaders for a certain brand, we'll never be that. I'm sorry. Halo sucks. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I was actually working on a video to, uh, and I just kind of ditched it, but to talk about how rare and the initiative and 343 need to kind of straighten some things out. It's a tough conversation to have, but um, not quite ready for it. Risk it for the biscuit with the Australian $3 ads about Tunic. He said you get shield, shield later on and a whip. So yeah, you can you can block later. Um, I only have the sword and a bunch of firecrackers and three potions. So I've made my way for a little bit. Ham solo five gaming says Todd and crew showing that Starfield passion hard. Yeah. I mean, it, when you watch these people sit around and talk, like I, I could tell that they're passionate about it. You have to wonder how much is lip service, but Bethesda's made some great games. So sleeping vistas with the Australian five says, what do you think of the no die and infinite stamina options in tunic? So there is an easy mode basically where you can keep playing the game. Uh, even if you die or you guess you don't die. I haven't looked into it, but uh, this is a fiery thing. Let me know in the, in the comment section chat. And I'll just ask you two real quick. Ace and Gaz, do you think that a very difficult game should have an easier mode for people who don't want to die in response so many times, or is it break the mold? It depends on the game. <laughs> exactly that. Oh, like Sifu is the example. See, if Sifu had... No, because we spoke about this before, and you know all of your good points come from me, Gaz. That's why you got in there so quick. If Sifu had an easy mode, there wouldn't be a game left. And I know that, that's what a bad are you example laughing of Sifu at? introducing one. Uh, I love Asa. I love him. <laughs> He's got great point. Um, if you missed it, through, sorry, if I was laughing there. Your great point about Sifu. Sifu, in my opinion, mm -hmm. wouldn't be a, as good a game if it had an easy mode. And people it's not that it wouldn't be as good a game. It, there, there wouldn't be a game. Sifu has five levels. And if you take the difficulty out of it, that's like, it's a, it's a 15, 20 minute game at that point. Difficulty is, it's a, it's an interesting one, actually. You can go into it quite a bit. Um, the, the thing with options is everyone always says there's no such thing as a bad option, and it's not always true. I mean, there's microtransactions for a start to prove that it's not true, that there are bad options. But people don't necessarily choose what's good for them, especially when you're talking about things that add convenience and things like that. So if there was an easy mode in Sifu, someone might be struggling with Sifu, mm -hmm. and they go, oh, I'm going to go on the easy mode, and they will massively diminish that game for themselves because the option was there. So there is an argument against it. But then you look at a game like Elden Ring. For me, Elden Ring should have a difficulty option. Not for me. I'm, I don't, don't come at me with the get good. <laughs> but but Elden peace, Ring is so. huge. And <laughs> Elden Ring is huge. And for me, like the best part of Elden Ring is exploring the world and the discovery element of it. Not the challenge. The challenge, fine. I could take it or leave it. But it's a shame um, that that world is not available to so many people. Sure. So it's completely yeah. different to Sifu in that regard. I've had yeah. a different opinion and because I'd never really played games like that difficult. I didn't give Hades uh, my attention. I barely even got into Returnal. 
And Elden Ring is the first time I've done this. And now I can understand when you think about it, almost every game we've played over the past 40 some years, for if you've been playing for a long time, like I have for 30 some years, right? Almost every game, like you die, you respawn, you come back, checkpoint, you know, there's very little punishment. There's something about Elden Ring in a Souls game where when you die, like the enemies are so brutal and there's a heavy price to be paid. And of course, people always talked about when you overcome the enemy, that sense of accomplishment and the shaking hands, like it's a rush of adrenaline you have more often than most any game. So I'm kind of starting to learn that if you don't like that difficulty, that games might not be for you. Um, but then there's a whole accessibility thing. But accessibility I got to read. Jose Linares talks about that disability mm-hmm. argument. That's very different. Accessibility is different. Um, right. It's about easiness. I mean, there's people overlap. who overlap, have different... Though, right? Yeah, there's people who have totally different uh, abilities or motor functions than I do or different lim- limitations that could wipe the floor in a game like Elden Ring way over me because they're way more uh, committed and they're way better and they're they're just really good. And they, they what they can do, they do amazing. So, yeah, it's a very, very different. Uh, this is a f- kind of a funny super chat. For Havoc says, oh, how can two to three dudes be <laughs> so pretty on cam? Sorry, Colt. Guys, cut one Sonic. You know, every once in a while, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Colt, you are a handsome guy. And the mirror goes, nah, nah, you're not. But uh, <laughs> let's get into, into the big topics real quick. I got to start off like talking about Contraband. This is a game. I'll paint the picture for you guys in the chat. We've heard of Contraband, but Contraband is made by the top tier team of avalanche that made the just cause series which the first three are incredible four is not very i mean eh. but this is an (laughs) open world set in the 70s heist game so it's like very low tech very uh uh pulp uh film type of uh uh, heist game where you four player co-op and you play the game online you set up your heist like it's a more fleshed out thing of what uh, grand theft auto online did this is by Avalanche Studios, like I said. So apparently, according to Jez Corden of Windows Central, Contraband was supposed to come out last year. And because of the global pandemic, they were shooting for 2022 and none of us knew it. So behind the scenes with no announcement, no release date, Contraband is now reportedly, allegedly, being set for 2023. Asa, I don't know if this is your thing, uh, a 1970s era heist game with friends online. A, you know we would assume it's a third person, you know, over the shoulder shooting and third person camera view, car chase cam stuff. Like, I don't know. Give us your I thoughts. I don't on know if it's my thing or not. I don't know if it's my thing or not either because the trailer showed nothing to do with the game, really. Mm-hmm. Right? There was a slight vibe to the trailer, and that's all you could take from it. Mm-hmm. So, much like Perfect Dark. Probably shouldn't have been shown yet. Um, well, I mean, maybe uh, they sh- if they showed that, expecting to show gameplay E3 and then drop the game this holiday, I mean, that was only a year and then six months until the release after gameplay was shown. But uh, we could possibly see gameplay this E3. Trey. I'll stand behind my general opinion that CG teaser trailers don't do a lot for me. I agree with you. And Gaz, particularly throw your hat in the ring. And I want your hat when you're done with it. 
Sorry, I actually took that. In the you don't. He sweated into that a lot today. <laughs> it's just my, it's just he poured his soup. Um, he poured his ramen through it to strain it. <laughs> um. Uh, no, hot gas looks better. Uh, sorry, one second. Let me adjust myself. Um. Yeah. So. Um. I disagree. Um. Although Asa did say it, for him it didn't do much. I think CG trailers, if done well can set the scene i don't think compulsion the whatever contraband game what gas contraband that's the one gas <laughs> don't think that did that I'm gas sorry. they didn't they didn't show anything like they that's panned over a workshop and and there was somebody there's like let me disembodied legs if you let me i'm saying the same thing if you let me i'm literally showed a little pan of like through the garage <coughs> garage it's a garage i said that in an american way some spots out flying out some cars it didn't really set the scene kind of maybe the time period but redfall mm -hmm. that had a cgi trailer i thought that was a good cgi trailer kind of got sure. me excited set the scene um hey you use that in your promo stuff so don't even don't even okay um and i like it and me and king david were having a back Love and forth it. on on this um and i think uh yeah it depends uh i mean i need to see more of this game it's like a very niche like heist from gta but set in the 70s but i like the you know more co-op kind of the typical xbox game pass kind of game um uh, but you ask i can't get hyped for this i'm more hyped for redfall than i am for this because sure. at least they showed something even if it isn't cgi form so yeah, yeah. abacadab 72 says i get to pass because the steely dance song not my favorite steely dance song but I, I mean there aren't a lot of period piece video games uh not, not too often like this one's set in the 70s and of course mafia series is a period piece i feel like that's kind of a untapped thing to make a, a game set in a certain time period and kind of nail all those little idiosyncrasies and kind of riff off of like the clothing and the music and the, and all that stuff. And the type of cars, um, it could be good. Say garage How do you, oh, uh, in over here. We say garage. Yeah. yeah garage. We say it I said fire star 66 C. <laughs> hey, the funny thing is like gas can call it garage because of where he's from, but garage um, music. Garage. Yeah. Call it garage. yeah i've been talking to the the guys from australia and of course they have their australia. own way of saying australia yeah don't make me do don't make me do the uh australia. The accents so yeah uh i have a hard time saying this abba cab 72 thank you so much for the five dollars super chat he says they just announced godfall ultimate edition on xbox this is kind no of a, a, a failed game yeah we won't really we won't dwell on this but Gearbox is like, hey, we like throwing money at these little investments and making some cash and just walking away. And it didn't do well on PlayStation. Now it's finally coming to Steam and Xbox. Uh, will it come to Game Pass? I bet you're asking. Um, probably. It'll probably come to Game Pass. Yeah, and we'll, we'll like mess with it for a second. Maybe. But I don't no. want to see Xbox guy go, this is amazing. I love it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they might so Contraband. Uh, expect to see Contraband. See gameplay. I I'm thinking we're going to see gameplay at E3. Uh, I think so. Today, I, I Jade wanna, Raymond... I want to call you up on a little thing there. Not call you out or anything, but just curious. Oh, so oh. that game... Game Pass has had some games that have been... Yeah, Godfall. Game Pass has had some games that, that didn't pan out the way that Microsoft would have hoped when they signed it up. 
but I'm not aware of them actually signing up a game that hasn't performed well, like post-release. Oh, so yeah. So when it's about God mm, I don't think they have and either. Microsoft having a quality standard, again, I'm not even saying this as like a slight against Godfall, but I'd be a little bit surprised if they put it on the service after it's kind of flopped. That's a good point. I mean, you're right. They do have some low-rated games, but they're you're right. They're games that they're going to see if they stick because they mm. have promise. Like, I wonder how many times like the leaders see a game like Tunic and like, gosh, that could be really big. And it is, you know, it is great. It, it scored well. So yeah, I mean, Asa can call me out and call me wrong. Maybe I'm. I would like to be wrong. I, I actually don't want Godfall to taint that uh, perception taint. of Game Pass. You have to you have to bleep me when I say it. I don't want Xbox to. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want Xbox to. This you. is our first rehearsal, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing this live, uh, <laughs> and people have made fun of my acting chops. So hey, I'll work on it. Haven Studios is a new acquisition. This is what I woke up to this morning. Jade Raymond, who has been famous for bringing the really popular Assassin's Creed games to form with Ubisoft. She started a new studio. PlayStation said, hey, we'll help you fund your next project. Google Stadia worked with them, and it kind of fell out of sorts. So PlayStation's really excited about what they're working on. Gaz, what do you know about this Haven Studios? Like, this is a yet another will buy instead of building situation. Or am I wrong? Well, actually, no. Um, so I saw a lot of con- uh, conversations about this and said, oh, look, organic growth. Actually, isn't this organic growth? Because they were a second-party exclusive until Sony, though. They funded their, this project. They don't have no games. This is the project they built, and now they've acquired them. So I think this is organic growth. I think this constitutes that. Um, they funded everything, as far as I'm aware. So, uh, um, yeah, but they have no games under their belt. But Jade's uh, pedigree should not be underestimated. Um, it's almost sure. like they're, they're, they're buying them. They must have seen or that. Well, they definitely have seen. They had to have seen or we can't say it's organic growth. They've been, <laughs> yeah. they funded it yeah. and they like what they see. Go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. And so it could be a good get. It could be a good get. They have a 60 people on the, um, in the dev studio, the dev team, a lot, lot like, like the initiative. initiative, which one will be better. I think this will probably yeah. fare better than the initiative based on the what things I'm hearing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's great. It could be potentially a great thing. Uh, the only reason why I say it's great is because Jade's involved. Uh, she's brilliant. Yeah. But the thing that is won't that true, be rookie? great for... Gas, read what Rookie said. I like Rookie. rookie is a... Jade Redman hasn't made a game since AC2. I think he may be correct. Rookie has all the receipts. I know him in real life, the absolute right. liability yeah. that he is. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he might be right. He might be right. Um, but Jade is great. Um, I don't and... care. Like, I, I mean... She's making a know. live service game, it's... though. How's that, pl- that going to reconcile with like, PlayStation Hardcore? They have a... Dis- or they proclaimed to have a disdain for that but no it's early days we haven't seen no gameplay footage mm. another acquisition in playstation's uh library they are working overtime this is certainly not going to be the last let's see i'm um, it's good news yeah, for this, playstation in my opinion yeah this haven thing could just be like they have really great concepts or really great ideas and playstation is like hmm this is this would be a good easy purchase asa what do you think about this uh when this I, news broke yeah i think maybe 
10 years ago, Sony would have worked with them and got that first game out of the door. And if it was good, they would have tried to buy that studio. And the industry is different now. There are other sharks shopping everything up. So Mm -hmm. if that promise is there and they're thinking that the studio can deliver, they need to sign them up earlier, sign them up cheaper. And they've done that. It makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that I don't know if their game is one of the ten live service games that Sony had in development, or if they're up to eleven now. Um. <laughs> um, I am Asa. I am listening to you. I've been on podcasts where I see what you're. I've been on podcasts where I like make some big speech, and everyone's like, <laughs> "No, I'm just kidding." Um, I, people ask me about this. Like, I I made the organic jokes, but. PlayStation has bought more studios than they built, but it's not even a, it's not even an insult. Like this is literally how you grow a business. Like you can't go around like just building studios from the ground up. This is what we're seeing with the initiative where they tried to build one studio from the ground up this late in the game and they're having growing pains. I have to hit Asa. I've got Asa and Gaz from Game on Daily and the Go Live podcast here. This is the Excellency Podcast. If you're having a good time, please hit the like button. We're so close to 500 likes. Got over 700 people watching. The chat is amazing. Thank you so much. You're powering Smash the show it. and you're. What are you Smash whispering? I... Smash. Smash. Just love it. Just hit the love it button. Just smash it. <laughs> I uh, love that. Thank we you are having that. a really good time uh, with the show. I got to ask these two gentlemen. A very difficult question, one that will burn deep into their personal annals of the, their lives and make them question where they came from. Are you ready, Asa and Gaz, for this question? Yes. This this goes in line with organic growth. Here is the scenario. Yeah, Asa turns off his camera. He's like, I'm out of here. Uh, and <laughs> difficult question. That's not what I'm here for. Okay. Here's a question. I am feeling... I have like a bad 17. Luke Skywalker oh. feeling. Sorry, 17. I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> C! It's C! Uh, I, I have this feeling. Things are going to go very difficult for Activision Blizzard. Here's my scenario to you. Things do not pan out. And the deal does not get approved. Microsoft, in turn, has to pay about $3.5 or almost $4 billion in a... At merger acquisition fee for failing to deliver on the purchase. This is the scenario. Xbox has been very quiet. Microsoft doesn't want to talk about anything else. They don't want to buy or partner with anybody new in public eyes. What happens? I'll start with Asa. If Xbox cannot get this deal approved and they have to pay out over $3 billion for nothing, just shove it out the window for failing to make this merger. Go, Asa. I, I can tell you exactly what would happen in that scenario. Bobby Kotick gets some money. The Activision board gets some money. Microsoft will pay their 3.5 to 4 billion or whatever it is because that's what they signed up for. They're committed to it. They have to. They haven't got a choice. Right. And they'll just carry on. So the thing with the Activision Blizzard purchase is um, it's never been like a key step for Microsoft's progress. It was an acquisition of opportunity things happened at Activision Blizzard. And we've, we've heard the story. It was like three days after it broke that they were in trouble. Phil Spencer went and started talking to, to old Bobby about buying them. So it was it was a moment of opportunity rather than something that was critical. And it's a massive opportunity. And I'm sure they'll they'll be bitter that they've lost it if it goes. But they don't need to, they don't need to react in any knee-jerk way if it falls through because this is just the path that they were already on. 
Okay, I haven't I, I, I haven't thought about it that way, but the the chat is got different. <laughs> I knew they would say that. Shout out to Alvin function. in the chat who said, and and I'll uh, I'll censor. Sadia Nadella wipes his rear end with three billion. I'm not so sure. I talked to somebody that I talk over gaming news, and we also create content about this, and he said that this is really horrible. I'm going to say this. But he says if this deal doesn't go through and Microsoft has to pay out three plus something billion dollars as a fee, somebody's head's going to roll and someone may have to like step down and like kind of fall on the sword for this not panning out. No. And I'm like, I don't think really is it it that extreme? Who who is going to be fired for a $70 billion top exec level decision? Phil Spencer? No. No. Ultimately, no. the deal, I mean, I, the deal is going to go through. I have very little doubts about it. If there are going to be any punitive measures against it, okay. But largely, this the regulatory bodies, they conduct what is really a political exercise. You're talking about Microsoft that has, and Hagi will tell you, quite mm-hmm. deep tentacles in the government you've got international wait did you say tentacles oh conspiracy theory here we go it's not conspiracy theory you think america will (laughs) the regulators will spite uh american companies uh, versus china that tencent and all that it is a largely political affair it's going to go ahead in terms of what may be uh a problematic for xbox maybe the fact that regulators may decide to attach some conditions on that that makes them extend you don't have to raise your hand it's your show (laughs) 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 i love i love that raising my hand um no it's not it's my show but you guys are the guests someone said last week like uh, someone one of your guests was interrupting you too much i'm like no like they're my guests like i want them to be able to feel like they can talk when i could sit here and talk all day um Okay, so I dropped a poll and people are like, what the heck, Colt? I said, do you want this deal to go through? Let me explain why I asked that. This is super, like, I just kind of threw a dog crap filled bag down when I said, what if this deal doesn't go through? Here's where I'm sitting, my complete honest opinion about the Activision Blizzard thing. When I look at the Activision Blizzard merger, to me, it seems like the majority or the biggest IPs could possibly remain multi-plat. Uh, mm-hmm. And even now, for a while until this goes through, so I'm some of the heavy hitting stuff that puts Xbox in a leverage position for um, unique content and for Game Pass may not be there in full force. So I start to get this feeling where I'm like, this deal is kind of shaky. Hoag's Law, who's amazing, has been on the show, still says an 80, 20 percent, 20 percent chance that it doesn't make it. He's very uh, convinced in his professional opinion that it's heading in the right direction. But you also have to wonder, PlayStation's buying studios. Xbox could be trying to buy WB or Capcom or somebody bigger. And I feel like they're in a stalemate. I'm opening this up for discussion. This is just partial of my opinion. They're kind of in a stalemate where for the next year or 18 months, they can't talk about, or maybe they're not ready to even reach out and strike deals with buying another publisher or studio because they don't want to hinder this current one, which as a big Xbox fan, some of the that leverage is not coming out of the the deal other than a lot of extra money for Xbox, which goes back in. That's how I'm that's just how I'm I'll just lay it out like that. I don't know. Was that reasonable? 
Yeah, it makes sense. I, 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 the, the scale of it is unprecedented for Microsoft as a company, let alone in the gaming sphere. So there's no real precedent here. But it's just, you know, um, shout out to Hogue. It was based on his mm-hmm. expertise in mergers and acquisitions and him telling us and explaining to us the largely political process behind it. And on in the backdrop is the the basic manifesto of these uh, regulators who have come out very clearly to say that they want to set an example about these things. So why not would Microsoft 70 billion? It's, it, that's where they would try and do it. But, you know, Microsoft is no slouch. Their lawyers are going to be some madness. I'm mm-hmm. relaxed about it. What I'm intrigued about are the conditions on the exclusivity how far will the regulators extend their reach on mandating okay overwatch needs to be uh, multi-platform you know this game uh, diablo and cod um so you know there's a big me and special nick and the guys at xbox here have a big disagreement about what that means i take it at face value they're saying no it's basically done as a not ruse but a way to appease regulators uh but i disagree with that on the cod exclusivity but don't worry man it's gonna go through in my opinion we'll be fine Uh, question is let me let me close close that can of worms i know it's kind of crazy but um let me close it by asking asa do you think that xbox is comfortable or microsoft is comfortable with trying to work a deal because these deals take a while do you think microsoft is actually looking out for maybe another studio or maybe another publisher in the interim while this deal is in its crazy state? I, <laughs> they're notably less aggressive with their spending than they were prior to this, around the, the kind of ZeniMax period and all the studios that they got before that. Like I said, like a few minutes ago, though, Activision Blizzard was an opportunity that came up that they pounced on very quickly. I've got no doubt that they're, they're keeping an ear to the ground for other opportunities and filling okay. gaps in their portfolio. Um, I've said, like, other times on our show and things, Microsoft also needs not just the studios that that we really know as famous big AAA studios. They need to diversify their portfolio. So they'll be looking in places that we don't expect to find games that we might not even be interested in, as well as the ones that we like. And I don't think... Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. say that, Asa, like, I, I want to hear it from someone like you. Like, I'll, I'll trust you, Asa. All right, I'll trust you. Like, that's kind of what I want to hear. Like, just tell me what I want to hear that uh, <laughs> it doesn't end with the Activision deal. I mean, because it's a lot of money. They spent uh, almost $7 billion on Bethesda, and now they spent $76 billion or whatever it was on this one. I got to give a shout-out to Kurt5150, who's in the chat. says a $5 to uh, Gaz and says, the sauce is here. Hey, Kurt, there's the new Fender Strat I just picked up. You got to come over and check it out. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 5150. What a great name. What a great album. Yeah, he's awesome. So uh, Hargi Chani has got to throw his, uh, his opinion in the ring. He says, I keep saying, thank you, Hargi for the 10. Hargi, you've, <laughs> you've done enough. You're amazing. Uh, Hargi, the man with the, uh, for Blu-rays save and that money for so us. much more. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, save it for Goliath. <laughs> Hargi and I talk on Xbox almost every single day. I'll hit him up on party chat. And he's like, Cole, I'm in a meeting. When I get done with work, I'll, I'll hit you up. And then we hang out for a while. He says, Hargi says, I keep saying the issue isn't IP. It's game pass. Activision Blizzard and King is more about the potential for game pass to become too big. Multiplat isn't the issue. If the FTC pushes back, Microsoft can sue, and Supreme Court will decide. 
Yeah, he's right though. The Red Rangers will definitely thing. look at it through the reach of, uh, in terms of mon mon monopolistic. Uh, you know, people say and that's actually a great point. Microsoft is third in in the gaming arena. If you rank, you're gonna them still want to mine again, aren't you? I can see it coming. Go on, take it. <laughs> it's not one of yours. It's one of Hargeet's. He's literally said it there. It's Game Pass. Go on, say what you're saying. Um, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Game Pass is the the one that could be seen as monop. Actually, you did say this. <laughs> this is streaming, like the back and yeah. forth. I can't take credit for other people's work. Asa did say that. He did oh. say that it's Game Pass and streaming. No one comes close. There's a lot of right. talk about, oh, there used to be. I mean, obviously this deal has been going on for a while and I'm sure it's been covered a lot on, on your show and many others. There's a lot of talk about it not being a monopoly because of the position of PlayStation and Tencent and all the rest of them. And that's true. Like Microsoft having Activision Blizzard is not a monopoly in that space. But if you look not at the close. no, but that's a small space. It's not the big picture. If you look at the big picture of cloud streaming and subscription services in the future, then suddenly competition is a completely different question because yeah. Microsoft have already basically scared Google out of that massive space. Yep. Amazon have Luna that stateside only kind of beta might expand, might not, and Sony. I've got a mountain to climb if they want to compete with Microsoft in that space. So if you look at the anti-competitive picture, it is not the console space. That's not no. relevant to it, to that whole conversation. still niche, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's still niche, yeah. It's, it's a tiny... In our world, like, console's big. Yeah, 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 but it's still niche. Um, there's, there's two things I got to cover. One of them will gloss over fairly quickly and tie it into the, to the other one. But Moon Studios, the team behind Ori and Ori 2, we'll just call them that for, for quickness. Uh, apparently, they had a really oppressive workplace, and Microsoft does not like that, and this is one of the reasons why they will come as the saving grace for Activision and Blizzard and kind of help them become a better place and make those people more happy and more satisfied where they work. But apparently, mm. it got really rocky with the ending of Ori and the Will of the Wisps in 2019, I think it was 2020, um the the development was very rocky and people were wanting to leave I, I i'm trying to generalize this because i talked to somebody who's very close to moon studios but apparently oh, yeah. it got really difficult and xbox and phil spencer and the and the teams do not like their teams they work with to be in a very difficult situation. So a lot of bridges were burned as Ori and the Will of the Wisps came out. If you remember about a year ago, the head of Moon Studios said something to the effect of, we could have had a much bigger game if we weren't only on Xbox. And I was like, whoa, whoa, like this is what you signed up for. You got paid extra. You got funded to make this game and it's exclusive to Xbox and PC. Yeah. Like this is how it is. Like this, this is kind of out of left field. Well, it turns out that was out of anger because there's a lot of uh, non-happy things going on. On the flip side, as we move forward, instead of talking about Moon Studios, Daryl Gallagher spoke up uh, in quite detail about the initiative team. This super team of developers, uh, a lot of leaders in the gaming industry working together and wanting their voice heard. Uh, Asa... I don't know if you dug, dove into this, dove, divid into this uh, information about <laughs> <Dived>. the initiative. <laughs> Dived. Um, mm -hmm. The initiative's kind of in a rough spot, but there's a real great light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm going to grab this stuff from Daryl Gallagher 
uh, tell people what you know about Perfect Dark and where it's sitting right now. Yeah, so, I mean, the story goes some 30 to 40 people left over the last 12 months pretty much kicked off from the point that the, the deal with Crystal Dynamics was announced. The Crystal Dynamics were taking over a lot of the development for Perfect Dark. Um, the positive for me is that Crystal Dynamics are a phenomenal studio and Perfect Dark is probably going to turn out just fine and really good. Um, there's obviously a lot of people on the outside looking at the initiative and going, well, that studio has flopped and failed. And to a degree, it's fair. I think the initiative was set up in a way that's fairly unique in the gaming space. Mm -hmm. We've heard, particularly from, from Rand, who I think he was on your show last week, wasn't he? But they were set up as this small, agile studio that can kick off projects and all the rest of it. It was a fairly unique proposition. They hired masses and masses of talent and... Failure is a strong word, but they've definitely had sure. to pivot away from from what they were doing with that studio. Yeah. They've had to, and that's that's not when you're trying something new. That's something that can happen, right? And they've looked at it, and it's not panned out the way they wanted, and they've made some changes. Um, it's not necessarily negative if the games that come out at the end of it are good. And I think Perfect Dark. I, I've got no strong feeling for Perfect Dark as an IP, but if sure. it comes out yeah. good. And then that tell like the talent from that studio is still in the industry. Some of it at Microsoft, some of it not. Um, it is what it is. I'm quite happy from the outside. Yeah, and so. do you agree, Asa? As fans, like we're not really meant to know about the inner arguments or inner tension between a studio, but information is so readily available that we did we dive in and we dive in, dive into this stuff, yeah. and it kind of comes up becomes obnoxious and daryl gallagher has something to say in response to the media going oh there's big problems let me i gotta read this this uh super chat from yeah. ky bob which i think uh -huh. gaz i know gaz is reading it uh i, I kind of missed this one but this is funny he says oh, yeah. gaz you need to ditch the headphones and get wireless earbuds like the rest of us when you're on podcasts show us those earlobes and gaz and i were doing this when we read it oh and he says we are secretly mark cerny wannabes he wants to get an ear imprint but uh they're <laughs> The, the funny thing about Gaz is if you you've obviously followed the sauce videos, he's wearing these huge headphones. He's a he's a madman wizard with those things on. It's kind of part of the character, so they must never yeah. leave. But um, let's see. Well, Take sponsorship deals. Though. <laughs> he pulled, <laughs> Gaz pulled one off and started doing this, and uh, yeah, <laughs> praise the earlobes. Um, AC, you set it up perfectly. You set up the whole discussion perfectly. Before I go to Gaz, let me read what Daryl Gallagher said because he, he gave yeah. about one minute of uh, correspondence about this. Here's what Daryl Gallagher said. This is the guy who led Crystal Dynamics in the early 2010s to reboot an amazing Tomb Raider series on the 360, PS3, and Xbox, and PS4, right? He says, it's no small task to build a studio and reinvent a beloved franchise. In creating the initiative, we set out to leverage co-development partnerships to achieve our ambitions, and we're really excited about all the progress we're seeing with our relationship with Crystal Dynamics. Daryl Gallagher also says, I love it, and I love it. And then he says, in this journey, it's not uncommon for there to be staffing changes. Here's the damage control, but listen to what he has to say especially during a time of global upheaval over the last two years. And there's plenty more work in front of us to deliver a fantastic perfect dark experience to our players. Almost done. He says, we wish all our former colleagues the very best. And I'm confident in the team we have in place, the new talent joining, and we can't wait to share more with our fans. Gaz, what is going on? Like 
half of the initiatives, 70 people said, I'm out. I'm getting a new job somewhere else. I don't want to work on this anymore, as far as we know. I mean, nothing he said that um, actually... Uh, I mean, that seems like marketing spiel. I wouldn't expect him to say anything different. Yes, global upheaval and all that, but you set up a small and agile outfit that became significantly smaller, almost like by half. Um, <laughs> remember, the initiative was touted as a quadruple A out- outfit because of the the nature of the talent that they hired. You've got the lead designer guy, he leaves. That's insane to me. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And when, when he left... Two big leads people, left, yeah. Yeah. So when he left, people said, oh, no, the design stuff is done. I'm like, how, do you, uh, how the hell do you know that? And they said, oh, no, his, his brother died, and that's why he left. All right, fine. Yeah. How does that, what does that mean for the game, though? And then he joined Insomniac. Uh, and, yeah, fine. You had, like, okay, of course, if you have a horrendous kind of, like, uh, bereavement, that's fine. But we're talking about the state of the game. You can't, uh, people are having the cake and eating it. So it's fine. But what about the game? Oh, no, it's fine. The, dev- the development side is done. Then you've got mm-hmm. multitude of different people leaving. But... How does he? How? Why does uh, Gallagher not uh, reconcile the statements from the people that came out, the previous staff members? It wasn't all kushti. It wasn't all uh, upheaval because of COVID. They came out yeah. and said, painfully slow uh, progress. Uh-huh. Remember when what we, else when did I they say? when I shared it and I said it was ridiculous how much flack I got, how stupid it was. What was Phil Spencer playing? A menu. Wireframe? <laughs> what the hell was Phil yes. Spencer playing? Spencer, yes, actually. what were you playing? I know you listened to this. Like Asa, Phil, Phil Spencer, like a year and a half ago, was probably playing like a a framework portion of the game, like the the engine. In one person like, can knock up like something playable to yeah. to prove the concept of some gameplay. So yeah, yeah. And it may not team look would have very put something neat, together you know? to say, look, this is what this is the direction we want to take. We want this particular feature. We think it's great. So. Yeah. So no, what was the other thing normal. they said, Gaz? What was the other problem? They Loads slow progress, fast and furious exits. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Painfully slow, and a solid company culture never formed. So you're telling me you got these new entrants in there? How 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 are they going to rectify that? Then they talked about how surprised they were with uh, all former employees. Uh, VG, VGC spoke to said they were surprised at how lenient Microsoft had been over the lack of progress. The lack of progress and leniency for Microsoft. Yes. What, what the hell? What, what's what's going on? You not you don't have anyone to manage this studio. You're talking about you having built. your cake and eat it too, guys. Like everyone thought Xbox was going to buy up or build these studios and run them into the ground and cancel them, but Microsoft has been hands off. So like, which is it? Where's the where's the happy medium? This is what Asa was talking about on our show Saturday. Like, there's no one rule fits all here. You can have Tim mm-hmm. Schafer. He's got a pedigree in there. He's got a solid culture in his studio. He Fine, leave him to his own devices. Then you've got a sure. studio you built from the ground up. You've got initiative full of all these talented people from all of... These are super talented people. And, you know, Forte was saying on our show, okay, they may have some egos in there. There may be a battle of personalities on there. You need a stronger personality to reconcile and manage all these talented people. They left because they probably have choices. They are talented for a reason. They'll be sort 
sought for a reason. Uh, one person said, making games is hard enough, let alone when you feel like you can't get through to people making the decisions that affect everyone. That's a scathing remark about the manner mm-hmm. in which this company is run. And then again, more. There's more... Okay. This, this is the one where you can argue. I mean, all of these points you can argue. I'm sure Gallagher uh, could come in here and argue. Uh, this is another point. They said... Get him on the show, well, would you? I, I mean, we'd love to. <laughs> we are journalistic out for it. We would invite them to this kind of... Uh, I, think the, I think the industry needs some people to ask some hard questions. I think too many softies are in the space. Like, do a news... We will do it. We'll do it promise you if they pe- yeah. come to sit down with us we will have a proper question and answer thing this medium has to uh evolve and mature a bit even this guy yeah the source guy spits on camera but never mind <laughs> uh but despite that despite yeah. that and me and my other hominin attacks um uh, another point um they said the initiative's website claims that the company promotes a collaborative, creative environment, but former employees describe the studio's development hierarchy as top-down. So Gallagher and Newberger were keeping a strong grasp mm-hmm. on the creative decisions. There's a, a couple layers good, there, guys. Because you have there's to have a some couple. cogency. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple layers there. Like um, Jess Corden reported uh, from what he dug into it that... Some of the leads, um, I, I, I hear the chat. Chat's amazing. Chat's making really good points that I completely agree with. Like, it's Daryl Gallagher and, and Crystal Dynamics, which is a killer combination. And I've always felt like uh, this is this that, that's in good hands. But here's one of the things that Jez Corden kind of started to figure out. He said that some of these leads at the initiative, which they're not the people that are building the game. They're concepting, building in the engine, and they're doing like some of the really early on work. And then they bring in contractors and they start doing all the all the heavy lifting after that and all the detail work. So some of the leads at the initiative were proposing some groundbreaking game mechanics or different ways. And I think this translates to me personally as there were people that were leading that were trying to say, what if we do an episodic thing? And that did not land well with fans. I And I what I've heard is Daryl said, look, we're not going to do this like uh, test tube type thing where we try to reinvent the wheel or do some groundbreaking thing we need to just deliver a solid single player amazing experience and we need to do it the way that we know how because some of the mechanics and things they're trying to build weren't working and it was slowing progress and the top down thing guys comes from daryl gallagher saying look it's not working we need to get progress on this we need to do what we've done best crystal dynamics will help us deliver an amazing experience and he had to put the kibosh on some of these uh wild ideas that may have been absolutely incredible so you have to sit on the fence and go what could have been but then again xbox needed that traditional blockbuster amazing single player game instead of trying to be episodic and games as a service which really set people off a a couple of months ago when i reported on it right so Gaz, can you kind of feel like you can sit on the fence a little bit with this uh, as far I mean, as damage know. control uh, and critique. I see so much damage control in the chat. Oh, Crystal Dynamics, it'll be fine. So you don't want to listen to the people who worked there and left and critiqued it. You don't want to listen to the, uh, acknowledge the fact that they, these people, half of them left. Then whatever, you can made up your mind. The, half of the team could die and you'd still say, oh, but Crystal Dynamics is there. It's okay. I can, I can, I'm not saying Perfect Dark's going to be a crap game. But ultimately, yeah. it's like there's no, it's no, there's no facts. 
There's no facts. People have left. They've told you that. They're lying. Oh, but someone was saying, oh, no, they, of course they've left. They'll be a bit spiteful. They left out of choice. They got, didn't get sacked. It's, I don't get it. I, I, I'm not a proponent for making excuses for on behalf of companies. That, that was reported. Former people have said it. I'm not saying it's going to fail. But ultimately, you have to at least acknowledge that there may be a management problem, that there may be okay. an issue for them to rejig some stuff there, that if staff feel disgruntled, that there is a, you know, there's a disconnect between the management and everyone else there, then maybe there may be an issue. But you're just going to quickly just like, here's an umbrella statement. Crystal Dynamics will work on it. It's going to be great. Well, then... What do I say to that? I was like, all right, fine. Asa, Asa, talk yeah. some sense into him. Talk some all sense into guests. No. <laughs> all of those things can be true at the same time. Like chat are saying, like, the studio will be fine. The initiative are going to land in a good place. They're working with Crystal Dynamics and it's going to end up being a good game. There's every chance that that's true. And yeah. that doesn't mean that everything was fine with the initiative for the past year or whatever. No, both exactly. things can be true. The initiative was set up to do a thing. That thing kind of fell apart a bit maybe there was a management issue they've rejigged things maybe they've landed in a good place yeah but like all of this uh, can happen they at once a good place. so but they're like someone's saying they would laugh you in the room come and come with me and we'll go there and see who they laugh at because you have the balls to ask them the questions <laughs> that we are well, well, people are like, just saying that I just don't know let, how let it me works. say this let me say down. this that means it doesn't work there's arguments there but the, you can't even acknowledge the issue no one's going to get laughed out of that room but you but yeah so um go ahead. ask you yeah good really good points like ask yourself chat if like if you create if you're a creative person like i know asa and gaz and i like we try to be cre we're creating content trying to make our voice heard um if i worked at a i've been i've been there i've been at a place at my work where my creativity wasn't being utilized. And I just think, you know what? I'd like to go somewhere where I, I can be put to use. And um, th they didn't leave happy. Uh, let me grab a couple of supers here um, because I really feel like we can sort of ride both sides of this and, and get some information out. Uh, I just want a really good game. I'm with Asa. Like, I wasn't thrilled about Perfect Dark, but I also wasn't thrilled about Tomb Raider until I saw the reboot and i'm like okay i'm on board for that travis wilson uh let me make sure i didn't miss one uh yeah i did hold on astray gaming you know i was talking about earlier ky bob let me make sure i got him now i got ky bob astray gaming thank you so much for the three dollar australian said if if satya nadella is confident then i'm confident and he does he's very confident about the merger um which if he didn't sound confident, that would be sounds really scary, but risk it for the biscuit. Thank you so much for the 10 Australian. He says, my question is, can they moon still produce greatness without having the toxic environment in studios that don't accept substandard work? I imagine there's some hurt feelings. The initiative failed. Yeah. I, I mean, I failed. hope not, I'm not saying they failed. No, I don't the think so either. Is in the pudding, but I can at least acknowledge the problems. Some people don't want to do that. Yeah. And I, I am, a little slightly upset about some of the, what could have been, that's never going to see the light of day. But, um, but then again, it could be like games and service stuff that I wouldn't have liked anyway. You just never, you never know. Like we're not really meant to know the inner working so early on in a game, but we live in a community. All of us, all of you here watching the show, everybody, you, all of you in the chat, like 
we are the hardcore. Like we dive into every little detail. We want to know what's happening with the games that we're so passionate about. And that's a really good thing. But with it comes some news that's not so fun to hear until things get ironed out. Travis Wilson with the $2 Super says, I had to install GT7 today. Ah, sorry, man. But hopefully they get things in order. We're going to talk about it, but it's kind of been kind of a joke over the past couple weeks. Uh, Polyphony really skated out with an 87 Metacritic. I don't know how they did it with so many problems, but um, Forza's King, what can I say? For Havoc with a $5 Super says, Perfect Dark is better off. The Tomb Raider 13 team is a control. Who better? Plus, no one cared about Perfect Dark until the controversy. I mean, we're all been like kind of thinking about it, but um, Brigadier's Blue with the $5 says, it seems that this issue was just too many creatives and not enough direction. Every project Absolutely. needs a leader to make sure work is actually done. Speak on it, Asa. Do you know, it's a funny thing, actually. Like, we all probably know as people that play games, there are far too many games for us to play, right? So we're at the top of this pyramid and there's this amount of games and we can never get to all of them. Beneath that, there's a whole ton of developers and Every one of them have got ideas, and most of them never make it into a game. Mm-hmm. It's sure. just the nature of the beast. You're going to have people with ideas working on a game, but you need some top-down control because you cannot realize a game with 200 people giving different ideas. Obviously, initiative is smaller than that, but typical kind of game studio size, everyone's going to want their say. A lot of it's not going to be heard, not going to be implemented. And- but Asa, there's like you've got somebody who led the Red Dead Redemption 2 amazing success you've got somebody in there who built the great combat system in god of war and those people want to hear their voices and a lot of those people left so but that's the problem though you hire these competing personalities higher the (laughs) heart the higher these people you've hired have ranks like these super talented people the more impetus on you to make sure someone can lead them if they're saying that, like someone in the chat says, oh no, there always has to be top down. You can't have it bottom up. No one is saying it has to be completely invert, inverse. But you hired these people. Your job is to manage them. You have to have a strong personality to do that and manage expectations. You can't just hire... And that's a startling example of where you've hired the top there. You opened your checkbook and it doesn't work because on paper it looked nice. But it's not easy. It's not easy for any studio to do that. I'm not saying it has to be button up, but they did say that. You have the burden is on Gallagher and his team to make sure they are assimilated sure. properly, including the new talent. If they're from Crystal Dynamics and they have a history of working together, which they most likely will, they understand how Gallagher works, that's fine. But it's a shame that you couldn't work, make these ta- talented studios from uh, talented people from different studios work together there was potential there ultimately didn't work out Mm -hmm. but that is a failure that delay is Um, a failure i think it's a it may only just be a lesson learned like asa think about it if they hired 70 heavy hitters from around Mm -hmm. different disciplines and they and the job the idea was for them to build the framework structure and game plan for a game and then bring in a contractor which i think crystal dynamics was in the plan all along when daryl gallagher signed up but if you have 70 people that are supposed to build the framework and then give that and say, can you build the game? Here's the concept art. Here's the, here's the, uh, here's the design manual and the, uh, the manual for like what we want to do. Knowing what you know it, now from this discussion, Asa is maybe 40 leaders better than 70. Maybe that lesson just, learned for me, like, 
it's easy to say that it was it was destined to fail. It was a doomed endeavor. Like that, getting these people together, all of these creatives was never going to work. And some people did call it out when they were forming this studio. The whole too many cooks concept, mm-hmm. which is fine. At the same time, like not every experiment is going to play out. And I am still personally glad that Microsoft are willing to try something like that, willing to try and make a prestige studio. Okay, it didn't work out, but they're putting the money yeah. in there and recruiting the talent. So it's better for me that they have that ambition. Even if they didn't quite execute, it's better that they want that prestige and that level of game. And they'll keep trying to that get it however well works. So That is well yeah. said. Gaz, what do you think? Uh, do you agree with, with Ace on that? That's a great point. You, you absolute point sith. <laughs> Gaz speaks in absolutes. No, the chat speaking absolutes. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Don't attack my chat, and you're blocked. I will attack your chat. <laughs> I need to attack your chat. They need to take bleach out of their diet. No, uh, I'm, I'm just Gaz! Playing. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. No, but that's a great point. That Xbox had the ambition. They went to set out and do it. They did try, and I've always said this whole building studios from the ground up thing is a bit. Um, it's a bit overblown because ultimately the the industry has progressed to such a such a level that it's not entirely possible. And this is a startling example of that. You can't on paper it's nice to hire all these top level people, but practically this is going to be a challenge. And there's going to be a multitude of different challenges for Xbox as well, including assimilating all these acquisitions into the Xbox brand, making sure how they manage some teams and how they don't. Um, so it'll right be, where they it'll step be, in and where yeah. they don't step in, you mean? It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that Absolutely. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A risk it for the biscuit. Thank you for the $10 Australian. He says, the initiative is a failed experiment. I'm not saying that it's done, but they now have to pivot, and the initial idea failed. That can't be disputed. Perfect Dark will be fine and with Crystal Dynamics on it. Gaz, you're right. So is Asa. And I think you just said, F, Colt, you're not right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I think we're not. We're, yeah. yeah, we're not. I think we're all kind of on to. We're, it's all speculation, right? Um, one of the speculations is that Crystal Dynamics came on because people were leaving in force and they needed help. I don't, I don't buy. I don't subscribe to that idea. I think the idea was to bring Crystal Dynamics when it was time to do all the work, like when you get all the programmers, all the animators, and all those people working on, on their portion of the game, and you have that big chart of of all the deliverables i think that was part of the original deal i'm going to stick by that uh i'm with risk it they tried to have 70 cooks in the kitchen and i'm going to stick with my opinion that maybe 40 is the right one um because you're just going to build the framework and have contractors build the game but um just in the chat just give a little vote you think perfect dark is going to be really great just uh tell us in the chat because i think a lot of people are thinking as that is going to be really good. I'm ticked about the first person thing, but I guess it's perfect. Dark had to be in first person. I think it's going to be a mix of first with third person cover, like Deus Ex Deus Ex. and oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the old perfect dark uh, shout out to, this will be my biggest Jeez. super chat on the show. A very, very cool shout out to dub who just jumped in. I haven't seen him in the chat tonight. He says with a hundred dollars super chat, it says, I definitely think it's a combination of the two, a failure and lesson learned perfectly said initial goal failed but it's part of the industry you move and you build upon what you've learned very well as he said because this is a new studio he says i think the initial will land on their feet eventually they just got to figure it out so i'm not yeah. super worried and none but, of uh, us are saying anything otherwise he's right that's a great point yeah. it's a failed experiment they can adjust you know gallagher will have to 
get his uh, belt out and manage better. And maybe they Sorry. will. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I was wearing my belt. PTSD used to do that of my childhood. It. My dad just beating the crap out of me. Thanks for that. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Your dad hit you with a belt and you still turned out like a total crazy person. Uh, what are you going <laughs> to say? Work. No, no work. but you, are, you guys are amazing. Um, this is the XC Podcast. We've covered a lot of ground. The Go Live Game on Daily guys are amazing. I got to just take one minute here to say, if it wasn't for these two, I would have never got this podcast off the ground. Gaz really motivated me. Asa lent so much technical help and worked with me and spent a lot of his free time. He could have been playing VR games, smacking around knights and and peasants. (laughs) I really appreciate it. They they got me set up. Um, They've been very supportive uh to to put do this podcast and i'm so great to have you guys on the show's been amazing we've covered a lot of ground um this is the time as we wind down uh with over 700 people watching here i want you guys to talk about what's in the plans for game on daily and go live uh my moderator and show producer happy bomb is going to hit the chat with links to your channel uh, and, to, and to Twitter, I think, so that people can follow you. You guys have amassed over 10.3 thousand subscribers on YouTube. I think you're at 10.7, yeah. 10.3. 10.3. I don't remember. I don't remember numbers, but yeah. Uh, Yo, Donnie Kazad is already uh, getting that. He says, you can follow the Saucy Gaz and the Immaculate Asa on Twitter at Asa underscore game on daily. If you're listening uh, on the on-demand audio only version gaz can be found at gaz on daily one word g-a-z g-a-z or g-a-z (laughs) (laughs) as we divot into the outro here uh, with the yeah um yeah you guys are amazing so asa i gotta start with you because you've been doing the heavy lifting with the super technical stuff and you've been streaming and uh what's what's on the plans for go live and game on daily Mr. Producer, uh, the you. first the first thing that I have to do is go back and watch this show and find out what I've apparently blamed Chat for doing because I have no memory of blaming Chat for anything. Um, chat, you're awesome. I've not. It was said Gaz, anything hostile. You. I don't think. <laughs> 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 Poor Havoc wants to fight my face, and that's okay. My face can take a punch. It's fine. We'll do that. Um, <laughs> it's taken a few minutes time. Yeah, no, videos. I'm going to make more videos. We've got, if you haven't been using Game On Daily or if you've been on it over the last year and, and, and not been back for a while, it's improved massively over the last couple of weeks and um, it's brilliant to use now. So please do check out GameOnDaily.com. Sign up there and get all, all kinds of gaming news and yeah, keep our YouTube channel subscribed and see what's coming there. <laughs> yeah, Thank you, you are... for, for the invite again. It's always awesome to come on here and have a chat with, yeah, and... with friends. So. And give them a big thanks, uh, chat, for Gaz and Asa being here. It is like 2 or 3 in the morning for them over in the UK, um, over the curvature of the earth. Uh, they're mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Le- Before I go to Gaz, uh, somebody in the chat, hold on, where was it? I like to give give the name here. Do, 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 let me just scroll up. Oh, my gosh. Where is it? Um, Gosh darn it. I, I like to read who said it. Um, They said that we didn't talk about here it is sweeping vistas sorry i remember seeing your name when i read it while asa was giving his outro we never got to talk about the gt7 conspiracy let me just take a minute uh with both you guys uh yeah go for it horrible microtransactions they weren't live because the game is not fully online during review period so they didn't really hide them but i think it would have if they would have known 
how the microtransactions landed, scores would have been different. It's the lowest rated ever on Metacritic for a user score. It's now at like a 2.1 or something on a mm -hmm. user score. It's being review bombed by Xbox and PlayStation fans and racing fans. Um, it is a testament of how not to do a racing game. Forza Motorsport is probably releasing this fall uh, in October. And I think lessons will be learned before launch. Gaz, do you want to say something really quick about GT7? Because it's been a joke. The footage has been, looked dorky and the physics are obnoxious. Mm. You want to say something I, before I you do your outro? I haven't played it, but I think the objective thing to say is it's a sh game. No, I, I don't. <laughs> Uh, Ace has played the game. Let me, let Ace, me. I've uh, played it. I've played it. Okay, so, go, go, go. I forgot. Yeah, Ace is, has got something up just, his sleeve. Ice I'm not going to say yeah. a lot about it, right? And because I know we're wrapping up, and I'll make it quick. But I played, and to clarify, I'm not a Forza Motorsport like fanboy or anything. I played Forza Motorsport Seven for the first time ever yesterday, just to see what it was like. Mm -hmm. um, it's so much better than Gran Turismo Seven. It's unbelievable. And I'm sorry, there might be some Gran Turismo fans here. Gran Turismo. Mm -hmm. In feel this, or look or what? Some of the Twitter, some of the Twitter feedback is kind of harsh in that it's not actually horrifically ugly when you play it. It doesn't drive horrifically badly. The core racing stuff is is there as it always has been for Gran Turismo, right? It's it's reasonable to drive around, um, but everything around it is so far behind even the previous entries of Forza Motorsport. Trackside stuff. You're talking not even not even in race. Everything around it, the presentation of the game is horrific. This world map thing it's got with these smiling profile faces and messages. It's just, it, I'm dead inside while I play it. It's got this elevator music in the background. Bad. Grab Cash and, 7 for Havoc. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's like, that's before you even consider the microtransaction stuff, which is unacceptable. Absolutely. Like, like I said that when it came out, you can't charge $70, £70 for this game. And then charge mm. for the the key progression currency as well. It's just nah. So Forza Motorsport A is going to be phenomenal. So Turn Ten are I, I refer to them as an incubator studio at Microsoft. So if you want to see what an Xbox can do and what Microsoft's APIs can do, there's two studios that they primarily use to deliver that. One's Turn Ten and one's the Coalition. And um, Turn Ten, I'd actually say, is their their primary one, the core one. So every time they've got something new. DirectX 12, upscaling, whatever they're showing off. They use Turn 10 to do that. Forza Motorsport 8 is going to be so much better than Gran Turismo 7 that it's just it's not a contest. That franchise is not relevant to me anymore. Oh, Asa, let me drop it. Let me drop a link to your uh to your Gran Turismo 7 video. What's the name of your your personal channel? Can I do that? Uh, uh sure it's just my name on here asa game on daily should link straight to it if anyone wants to just click that <laughs> see i'm getting I'm getting a video? video of a <laughs> guy don't... riding a donkey that's Why not you, you. Like... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> where is your uh i pasted it you... i pasted it done you pasted it. okay thank you so much um thank you so gaz in the chat has the video of asa playing grand chisel seven yeah i haven't really talked about it because it's been People have been writing the game harshly for almost two weeks. We talked about it on many shows. I know Asa and Gaz have been on enough shows where they've been talking about it, but um, it's a testament of how not to do a AAA racing game and charging $70 for that with microtransactions. But there, there's, there's that. We've covered GT7. Um, I almost bought the game. I 
Uh, you can't. Yes, you. There's a chair right here. I have a great racing chair. I bought the PlayStation steering wheel just for that game, and now I'm not going to buy it until they fix it. Sorry, that's how I am. Gaz, let's get off of GT7 and let's get on to sweet, sweet Gazness. What's going on with Gaz? What's in the plans for the sauce? People are always asking, like, when you guys are going to drop new new stuff. Tell us so what's going on with Go Live, Game on Daily, and what you I, I will echo. I echo my friend Ace's sentiments. You have to check out GameOnDaily.com. If you check out and you haven't registered on that, what are you doing in your life? The website is amazing. There's content for you. You can submit it. You can curate it. You can block Polygon if you want or Kotaku, or you can like them if you want or whatever. Give you the tools to do that. So check it out. Source. The source. I want to make it every week. I Believe me, I do. My life is so busy, but I want to do it every week. Um, but there's Never this sleep. tremendous pressure to do the next video better than the last. And that's the intimidating thing. I've got two videos in the works already that are not source videos. Um, one narrated by my friend Hargeet, actually. Uh, and I've also got the source, very ambitious source. I was in Italy last week and the source is going international. Best believe I took my camera there. I made myself look like a fool in front of the Coliseum. Uh, but there's loads. <laughs> and I put Ezio's outfit on you and shared it yeah, on Twitter. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. <laughs> um, so there's loads more content. And I'm sorry if we're not regular. I want to be. All I think about is the, our YouTube channel and our website. So please do check it out. And, uh, you know, God willing, one day Game on Daily becomes the force I think it deserves to be. Uh, but thank you so much, everyone in chat for being so nice pixel bit g it's okay if you're wrong i forgive you <laughs> everyone else thank you so much smash the like button man colt works so hard all he dreams about his mood is dependent on this just the work he does on this <laughs> on this stuff but he lives and bleeds it that's why the quality is so high uh, i do i want people sure. to have a really good time when they're in the show i want it, uh, people to learn a few things and maybe get some insight that they didn't think about when they think about some of this news, the way it's dropping, uh, the, you know, over 700 people that are here. Thank you so much to chat. Thank you so much for the super chats that bring extra discourse and really great opinions and takes into the show and, and, and kind of, uh, build upon it. We really appreciate it. Shout out to dub for breaking the record for the biggest super chat on the channel. Uh, very, very cool of you to do Jeez. that. Um, yeah, yeah just, Thanks to the Go Live guys. They've got quality at the top of their game when when Asa is like the eight-armed octopus uh, behind the scenes getting gameplay up and making sure the camera feed is working so Gaz can just be a fool with a uh, little restraint. But uh, we love you guys so much. So thank you for checking out the show. This will be up on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts and a couple other places for on-demand. It'll also be on-demand YouTube. I'll get... Um, I'll get the timestamps in. As soon as the show publishes, people are like, where's the timestamps? Like, they do take about 20 minutes or half an hour to kind of sift through and, and throw in. So we appreciate it. These guys know the struggle. Say goodbye to Asa and Gaz. They've been amazing. Follow them. Hit those links to subscribe to their channel. And like I said, sign up for Go for Game on Daily's site. It's really nice. Got everything in one place, like you said. We're going to get out of here. I'm going to hit this button that does the outro. If you noticed, uh, if you want to go back, I kind of retooled the intro with a couple of new uh gameplay clips because some are kind of outdated i got halo off of there let's see yodani had to put a code in before we left Logic. he gave a code for tomb raider definitive edition the 2013 version 
uh, on Xbox One and Series X. He's got the code in there, so if you're quick and you can get that pasted in there, that's a great one to own. Fantastic. Thank you, O'Donnell. You didn't have to do that. You're amazing. I'm going to – I forgot. I was like, I think we're going to get out of here. You guys are awesome. We'll see you later. Thanks for checking out XNC Podcast. We'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>